Hey everybody, it's David, and before we get to the start of the show, a uh, couple of disclaimers. A, I was sick. I was really sick for several days, and we had to get the recording done, and so I sound kind of awful. Uh, there's several points where I just kind of start repeating myself and don't make sense. Uh, I was on a bunch of medicine, and so I do wholeheartedly apologize if things don't make sense. Also, we had to record a few segments out of order because of people's schedules to Skype in and stuff like that. So if anything seems a little choppy, forgive me. And one last thing, and I totally never do this, but if it does come out when it's scheduled on the 25th, then it is my very good friend Adam Cardone's birthday and i normally don't do little silly birthday shout outs but adam happy birthday thanks and on with the show oi you lot you listen to garage hammer episode 81 tonight's episode the fat manling and the smart manling step back from analyzing army books and look at some true hobby gaming. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you hobby and spice and everything ice, shard blizzard. I'm Chris Yu. And I am Ozymandias. Look upon my works, ye mighty and despair. That's pretty good for on the fly. Yeah. I'm pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> Is it white boy day today? <laughs> it must be white boy day today. <laughs> it's sick white boy day. You are sick. Oh, my God. Uh, seriously, I've never taken three days off work in a row before. And, uh, well, with the one exception of when I was hospitalized with kidney stones, Oof. I was out for a few days. Imagine all the Warhammer games you can get in. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, I'm not kidding. And then I took this like super multi, like I normally take like the non-drowsy formula, like, you know, stuff because I got to work, but I'm like, I'm sick. I'm staying home. So I had Heather get the like the super drowsy knock you on right. your ass version. You know, when I got here, you asked Harrison to bring you down the Tussin. Yeah. And I, I thought that was just shorthand for Robitussin. Yeah, because Chris Rock does a comedy bit about Mo Tussin. Mo Tussin, yeah, yeah, on your broken the, arm or whatever. The generic version actually is called is called Tussin. It's called Tussin. Yeah, I was uh, amused by that. But I tried the super duper version, and you know, you always read the label and it says stop taking if you feel nervousness, dizziness, or right. dude, I hadn't slept right in two days. Like I'd sleep for about twenty minutes, I'd wake up hacking and coughing. So, like, it was one of those things where I was not getting any real rest. Right. And I'd been home for, like, two days sick. I'm like, picture being up for, like, two straight days. I'm, just, I'm not, not all together. I feel awful. I take this stuff. It knocks me out for about 40 minutes. And then I start having the most bizarre dream on the planet. My eyes pop open. I sit up, bolt upright. My heart's racing. I am wide freaking awake. Not from the dream. I don't remember it. I was wide awake, couldn't sleep, couldn't think straight, was like all tingly, just sat there. I was drinking water, trying to calm down, trying to rest. Every time I would just lay there and close my eyes, I put on a little, like a podcast, just anything to have some like, noise in the background. Right. Every time I closed my eyes, it was like kaleidoscope vision. Like, it, like I've never taken any sort of medicine where it says, 
hey, this may happen to you. And if it you does, might not want don't it. take, take that. it. So I took it that one time, and I literally was up. From, was that, what, that wasn't the Tussin. No, no, no. This was okay. some. This is. I bought the Tussin for the daytime, and the kick you out and make you sleep now form because I needed some rest. Mm. Yeah, that no, that no, that's bad. You had a, quite a couple of days then. Oh, it was horrible. So I apologize if you guys hear me hacking or coughing or well, actually sounding like sounding like my dad a little bit. So you sound. Uh, as effervescent as ever. <laughs> I smell wonderful. <laughs> so, hey, listen, instead of talking about my sickness, oh, I could tell you about the part where I think I tore a sinus. Why don't we take a moment to thank our sponsors? Okay. Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake, <laughs> Illinois. I caught your cue there. <laughs> cool Mini or Not's Dark Age, Mirrors Miniatures, Mantic Games, GuildPainting.com, Square Shooters Game, and Battle Foam, protecting your... Uh, <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> Whoa. Protecting your what? Oh, no way. Are you okay? Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> Whoa. David's okay. I'm dying. That's not a good pain. <laughs> oh, my. Square Shooter's game and Battle Foam protecting your <laughs> army. <laughs> Christ. That was, uh, for what it was worth, that was a great... Uh, I tried. I tried. I can't laugh. I tried to laugh when you tried to redirect us. So no laughing. Yeah. Well, no like I, yeah, I will try not to. Will not laugh. Okay. And I won't say the long army either. Jeez whiz. Well, photo was worth. That was pretty good. Oh, thank you. I tried. Oh, and let's not forget this episode is also brought to us partially by Audible dot com. Yes. This month, Audible dot com are coming through to you through Garage Hammer. So we will talk more about them later. That sounds good. All right. Um, we got. A shout-out from Ben Cohn. Conesy. Yeah, and actually, like, he had a shout-out. He's he's pumping two different events that he wants to uh, cool. that he wants uh, to talk about. Mary Mayhem. Is the other one the uh, Game the, the Hold Mega Con? Battle? Yeah. Yeah, I was reading about that. That sounds so, pretty cool. So he tells me he's going to send me a WAV file because it'll sound better than going on on through the voicemail, sure. which, you know, he records too. Yeah. Go ahead. He's text savvy. So I figure he's going to just send me something. Welcome to Garage Hammer. Hey, yo, this is the Conzy with the most coming at you. Normally uh, you hear me over on Wisco Dice, but today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Gamehole Con. Gamehole Con is coming at you November 1st through 3rd in Madison, Wisconsin. You can check out all the details of the Gamehole Con website, gameholecon.com. But I wanted to let you know about the Warhammer Fantasy stuff that we're doing on Saturday at Gamehole Con. So Saturday, we will be doing a mega battle event called The War for Carrick Eight Peaks. And what you can expect is a strong dwarf versus goblins themed mega battle game where players can jump in and out of it all day long through simultaneous kind of turns that we're going to structure. And don't worry, you know, what's the worst thing that happens in a mega battle? You get wiped out? Well, don't worry. Just buy back into the event with an extra event ticket, and boom, you're back in and going. That's right, boom, back in and you're going again. Set up on the next turn, cross from your opponent, and get playing again. 
The idea is that reinforcements will be coming in and out of the battle throughout the day to support and continue the, the battle and war for Carrick Eight Peaks. To determine winner and certain special events throughout the day, we will have objective points marked on the board that are important for each army to control. As those objective take points are taken, certain advantages will happen. Certain units may come on and start to influence the game. Uh, on top of all of the other kind of craziness, this should be a great time, fun, and the kind of game that I know you Garage Hammer listeners love to hear about and love to be a part of. So make sure you step out to GameholeCon and check this game out. Some production value there. So uh, that event actually uh, appeals to me in some way, just to see, it, uh, is it eight or ten people at a time I, against yeah. each other? Well, you're playing only against the guy across from you. But it's eight on eight or something right. like that. Right, but how well you do apparently can affect the guy next to you, like give him bonuses or something. Right. Or if you get wiped out. I mean, I don't, I was reading some of the stuff he sent me, and he's like, yeah, if you lose, you can just buy back in because you're just playing the whole day, right. fighting and fighting and yeah. fighting. I'm like, yeah. that's kind of insane. I just imagine uh, it's two thousand points per person. Yeah. If it's if it's times eight, I don't know if did he say if it's eight people or ten people. I I don't. If it's, if it's yeah. eight people, uh, what is it, sixteen thousand points? Yeah. On one side, I mean, just imagine how epic would that be? All dwarves it's against all just goblins. Eight hours. It's uh yeah it's uh well it's dwarves. Oh, the goblins, yeah. It, uh, it says dwarves versus... Go- it can't be just dwarves versus goblins. I mean, that's that's fluffy, too. That is, know, yeah. For those who read Skarsnik, that's just as fluffy. You can have an orc contingent in there, too. But, uh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, he did uh, he did send us two messages. He, he sponsored two episodes. Instead of playing one each, since he actually sponsored two episodes, he probably could have sponsored one and sent us two messages. Sure. But, Cones, you wanted to help out Gracious the show. enough. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just play the other one now, and then we'll play him again okay. next week. And this is obviously, this this coming up here is about Merry Mayhem as soon as uh, it opens. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yes, that's right. It's coming up again here to the holiday season. And while you might be thinking it's a little too early to start talking about holidays, it's not too early to start talking about Merry Mayhem. Merry Mayhem is an annual Warhammer and, and miniatures gaming event that happens in Madison, Wisconsin. And this year, Merry Mayhem, expect to see Warhammer Fantasy as a 2,000-point tournament, a War Machine Hordes Who's the Boss event, a Warhammer 40K tournament, and even possibly we'll get those guys out with those World War II soldiers for a little Flames of War action as well. So lots of stuff going on at Merry Mayhem. Lots of cool things to do. Merry Mayhem occurs on December 14th, 2013. It will be at the VFW Day Post 7591 this year, which gives us new things and new opportunities to add to the event in our fifth ever year. On top of that, expect great things like the charity raffle, in which one of the grand prizes for the charity raffle this year is a 2,000-plus point Warhammer Fantasy Lizardmen Army. All the details for that big giveaway are listed on the Merry Dash Mayhem website. You can go ahead and register. Event tickets are just $20. That includes your lunch, as well as all the other perks that go along with being at Merry Mayhem. So please go ahead and check it out. The website is merry-mayhem.com. Again, that's merry-mayhem.com. Go ahead and get yourself registered and signed up for this event before it sells out. 
There we go. Nice. You were saying Merry Mayhem is you've been there? I, I have been. Uh the past couple of years. It's it's billed kind of unofficially as a primer for Wapaka. Oh, okay. Because it's two thousand points. You know, the same rules. Maybe not the same scenarios, but a lot of people go there to test their lists out for Wapaka. So and Wapaka's just uh maybe a month later. Oh, okay. So uh Cool. Um, you're airing that commercial next episode, or I'll probably air it next time as well. Okay. We don't forget. We also have voicemail. Voicemail. Yeah. Can voicemail. you tell me about voicemail? Yes, I can. You call one seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. You guys know the number. That's one seven five seven G H show six. And hey, whoever tried to figure out what the international number is to call it, it's like eleven. Uh, whatever. Somebody who was looking for it on Twitter and then found it, somebody tweet that to me again so I can <laughs> find it and write it down. And I will add that to the stinking, um, I will add that to the message so people can call internationally if they wish. But uh, Conzi sent those in that way. I don't have any other new voicemails. Just wanted to point out the, uh, the voicemail number because I love getting voicemails. I love them. Sober, drunk, challenges. Yeah, easy. It's easy going for me. Rambling. Exactly. So uh, why don't we take a quick break, and when we get back, uh, we're actually going to do the first time news and rumors for the first time in almost two months. Sounds like a plan. Brian Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine U.S., wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNots.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. Welcome back to the garage. You are listening to David Chris on Garage Hammer. Easy, easy listening. Yeah, we easy are now listen. into the news and rumors section. Yes, brought to you by Chaos Superstore. Chaos Superstore. Chaos Superstore. Oh, what am I saying? I'm just so used to what you say. Brought to you by. I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, it's actually brought to you Circle by City Circle City Circuits. <laughs> I'm medicated. <laughs> I, I, I. You're all tussing up. I'm all, yeah, mo tussing. <laughs> So, uh, you know, before we do the uh, news and rumors real quick, two quick shout-outs from me. Um, Cranky Lawyer is a true friend and worries about me more than he should. Uh, I was complaining. We all worry about you. Well, but he's like. More so. So he's, I was complaining on the Garage Hammer weigh-ins for Fat Hammer. Someone suggested this is supposed to be really high-quality scale. Sure. Thing. But uh, after I weigh in, uh, in the mail, shows up that scale. Wow. The one, the, the, the nice the super one. super high quality one. Along with, like, a big jug of, like, super whey huh. extract stuff, like, you know, and then I get it with a note. 
mix this, this, and this, and have this for breakfast, have this at lunch, and eat a sensible dinner, you'll be doing much better. Like, nice. Just because I was complaining about my scale, there's Cranky backing me up. I can't thank him enough for that. It seems Not, like your mom sending you care packages. I know. It's really nice. I shouldn't have probably put that on the air. People are going to start thinking he's a nice guy. Cranky? No. But, uh, hey, I lost a lot of weight this week when I weighed in, but... I didn't eat for three days. I was sick, so... Well, remember to sleep also. That's key. I've been sleeping, yeah. You were saying you get, about get that. You a lot of sleep, though. But, uh, yeah, you know, food poisoning and the flu, those are like the two best diets mm. ever. <laughs> That's such a not fun way to lose weight, though. No, but man, is it fast. Um, also, um, Grok mm-hmm. on the forums. Um, Jake Hutton, uh, he was selling a bunch of stuff on the forums, and he had the Eye of Terror Codex, the old Eye of Terror Codex from Games Workshop. Yeah. Always wanted to see it. I hadn't seen it around. So I just sent him a message. I said, how much you just want just for the Codex? And he's like, dude, you do the show. I like listening to it. I'll send it to you. Nice. N- not only does it show up, but it shows up with a package of some like, 27, 28-year-old GW models, a couple of elves, and a really like this bizarre-looking orc general. I have it here in front of me. It's a uh, it's an it's it's a really skinny, scrawny orc. He's got, yeah, really long, thin arms, and he's got antlers for for part of his helmet. Yeah, on his helmet, it's like really it is really cool though, or like totally nostalgic. Yeah, and there's there's a dwarf. There's one that just oh, and like I love your one elf. It just says elf general. Yeah, it looks like he's meant to be mounted on a horse. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, he is. These are pretty cool. This one actually still stands up pretty well. Yeah. And then I got one that just says dwarf, and one that says officer. And he's got a he's got a like little a dwarf like a, officer. And he's giving the thumbs up and holding a little spyglass to his eye. Hmm. And so it's just really cool stuff. And then a copy of third edition Warhammer rules. I've never seen that, dude. Ever. That is cool. That was the coolest gift I've gotten in a long time. And that's not to out say the nice things Cranky just did and stuff. That's got the Famir in it. It's a piece of history. That I mean, we were flipping through it, looking at it, going, I can't even decipher. Like, we kind of flipped to the back to look at the yeah. stats and stuff, and I'm like, this looks like an old D&D book. It's so, yeah, all the charts and rules and everything, yeah. the different size templates. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It was That was really neat. I just, I want to thank him right here on the show for that, because that was, that was, and that cool. came a few days ago. I have to send him a message, let him know I got it. It showed up while I was out of it. Well, maybe by virtue of the show. I mean, that's a great thank you to yeah. have it on air. So but, thanks, uh, thanks, Grok. Yeah, I wanted to think because, yeah, you, know, you had a good time looking through it. That was, yeah, And I, I can't wait to, to to dig into that a little bit more. So, um, all right, let's move on to news and rumors. Uh, dude, Space Marine Codex came out. What's a Space Marine? What's a Space Marine? Dude, that Space Marine Codex, I mean, I think it was $58 instead of 50 like the Army books are. Mm-hmm. That thing's 180 pages. Well, it's got to cover all the chapters. Does it, it cover all the chapters? No, but it covers. Well, I mean, the art. The, there's there's artwork for tons of them. But you know how like they've been putting out those little, the supplemental codexes, like mm-hmm. the the Eldar came out and they put on the end in Dark yeah, Sun. Yeah, yeah. The end in was that a separate codex or just part well, of? Well, the... no, it was a separate book you could buy for Eandon uh-huh. that was mostly fluff. Like 80 pages of fluff or something like that, or 40 pages of fluff, and then about three pages of special rules if you want to play end and specific. Sure. Like, these are special rules for them. It had, I don't know how many, I didn't go through and count, I didn't pay that much attention, but it's got like special different chapters and different legion, um, like special rules that you can just, if you want to play them specific, 
So, but I mean, just the sheer amount of fluff and the amazing artwork. I mean, I was just flipping through the book, just like you you go through this book and you know exactly why so many people play Space Marines. It's like, did you happen to see on the the GW site the the batch, the quote unquote batch deal? If you can buy the entire Ultramarines an, chapter an for entire twelve thousand, an entire it's a legion, isn't it? I think it is a legion, a whole legion for twelve grand. Yeah. Did you click through it though and check it out? It's ridiculous. Ten companies. Ten companies. Yeah. I thought that was neat. Each company has its own has you know its own style, whether it's a scouting company or assault or whatever. And it comes with all sorts of special. It says there's special oh. exclusives in that package. I don't know exactly what, but uh, I mean it was just it was just something else. It was really crazy. Now the one thing that um, I've been seeing are these uh, devastators. Have you looked at those? What are your thoughts on those devastators? From just a pure modeling perspective. They're a little weird. Um, this is a Space Marine in bigger Space Marine armor. So it's like a roided-up Terminator. It's like a Space Marine in a Space Marine. Yeah. What more can you get? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's supposed to, like, they got those drill ends. It's supposed to be able to knock down buildings and stuff or something. I mean, knock, take down walls, get through stuff. Couldn't they have a rhino with a big bulldozer blade do the same thing? Uh, yeah, I'm not I certain I see the point to them. Some of the parts, like if you look at it, it's sculpted really nice. I mean, there's some really neat detail. You look on the sides and the insides. From a micro level, yes, but step back in, at a macro level, taken as a whole, it just looks goofy. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, I, I, it, you look at it and you're like, I don't get it. You couldn't walk in that thing. Oh, sure, they do. Obviously, look at them. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So just from pure that's modeling, the best, that's the best I could laugh right there. That's that's your laugh. That was it. I couldn't actually <laughs> voice it. I had to hold it back. It's like a Skaven, like that was a snicker. A, that's like a Muttley, dastardly and Muttley yeah. from the Saturday <laughs> morning cartoons. A wheezy, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know anything from the rules point of view on these um, on these things. But just from a modeling perspective, they look a little odd. I wonder what Greg's take is on these things. I I he's be, a huge 40k guy. Well, I will definitely be asking him on sometime next week when we chat about Flight of the Eisenstein. We're okay. recording the next episode of. You know, for what I will say about 40k is the models have always been amazing. Yeah, you know with the tanks and the vehicles, uh-huh. it, it sets such a high standard. Then when I saw those, it's just like really. Yeah, because you know what the thing is, the Terminator armor is already really cool. The dreadnoughts are awesome, and the dreadnoughts are awesome. Why you needed something in between a Terminator and a dreadnought, I don't quite get. I'm not going to criticize because I don't play. I don't know if it's well, no, it, a great piece or. But a you, you're piece allowed to have an opinion on it just based on I its just, aesthetic. I don't see the point. Like I said, uh, like uh, you you said it better than I did on the macro level or the micro level. There's really cool details. Yeah, the and weapons stuff. look cool. And the, when you the see armor the armor plating looks cool, and you can see from the back, like at the bends and the knees and stuff, where it, the armor's open, you can see the other Space Marine armor bits sticking out mm-hmm. and stuff. There's some really neat parts. Um, but yeah, but take, you're taken as a whole. It just yeah, I don't I quite don't get it. You know, and I, I remember. In fact, we were talking about this before. How one of the reasons I didn't want to get into 40k was because I didn't like. All the tanks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I'm still not necessarily into all the tanks, um, but some of the cool ships that they've been coming out with, and some of these new things that are coming out with these models, man, that's some 
Yeah, it's I, really starting to grow on me. The There's some really look nice really stuff. Cool. The Forge World vehicles are amazing. Wow, no kidding. The super like uh, mega tanks, like the Bane yeah. Blades and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all the the Eldar Titans. Like it really, I, I kind of admire it from afar. Yeah, the Titans are so good. really mm-hmm. cool. Although you buy some of those monstrous things and you custom order them, and they wind up costing. Literally, they can cost eight, nine hundred dollars. Sure. Well, that's that's just a drop in the bucket. You could spend twelve grand on a on a legion. I just wow. I mean, seriously. And you know what it is? How many times have you thought? You know, like I mean, with my with my vampire accounts, I'm like, dude, I've got so much of you know the core. I could build up this other stuff. If I get a good size unit, of everything I could have like a ten thousand point army sure. or something. With something like Space Marines, especially, there's a set size. That size is a legion. I know guys who have like eight, nine thousand points of Blood Angel, and they're like, "I got about a half a legion done." And you hear about guys who oh, is that, love so a, is that eighteen thousand points? I don't know. Just, I mean, I'm 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 guessing sure. at numbers here. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't I don't know how it translates. But I've known guys who said, you know, I got my, and I remember being over at the GW around here and having guys say, "Yeah, that's all." He's, uh, guys, just, is that all you do? Is like Ultimate? He's like, he's like, I'm gonna get this whole chapter done someday. Jeez. And I know people who sit there and that that's their legion. That's their mission. And they just keep adding to it. And they don't, they've got enough to play with. They've painted up their army and it's their army. And they, you know, they're one army people. Sure. But they love the hobby and they just keep going. And you know what? That's genius marketing. I can't picture them selling any. I just can't picture someone sitting and saying, rather than just buying bits at a time mm-hmm. because that's only so much I could build at a time. Ugh. You'd be building for yeah years. Oh, but did you see on the ad too? They'll contact you to find out when a convenient delivery time would oh, be geez. to make sure you'll be home to get it. You goddamn right. You better yeah. call me and check. I'm just dropping twelve k. I could buy a car. No doubt. You know, but I'm just I'm laughing because I'm thinking that's genius marketing because now everybody who's already got the start of a thing is looking and going, "Why well, can I have a legion? Well, I don't need a legion. I got this." But now you're thinking about adding to it. Yeah, I only need three more companies, or well, even maybe even more. But it's like that—that that I've always wanted to do it. That's in your head. They've kind of defined what they've the, defined the it is. exactly. Yeah. I just—that's marketing it, it cool. genius. It they might cool. not sell one, but that's going to inspire people to 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 start buying up. Right, they, they've kind of set the standard. Where, how do you measure up? Yeah. How's your collection look? What do you Th- need? This is a legion. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what do you got? Exactly. Right, right. I think it's crazy. Oh, um, and like I said, we haven't done this since because the, the two Lizardmen episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Forge World came out with the uh, Taurok, the uh, Chaos Dwarf Bull Centaur. Yeah, what'd you think of that? I liked it. I did too. He's a little bigger than the other Bull Centaurs. He's like, you know, a special character one. Really, I mean... I like the other bull centaurs, though. I, I did too. Uh, I know they were controversial at the time of their release. I think part of that was the weird angle they were sort of posed at. Because, but I liked it. I thought they were really leaning into the fight. I know Christopher's critique was that they're dwarf bull centaurs, like the original ones. The dwarf body wasn't as big; like it wasn't as big torso because right. it was a dwarf. Sure. These guys looked like big guys. I mean, they looked well, like regular bull centaurs. You've got to take some creative license to make it look cool. Well, you know, and it's chaos, so they'll be all cool. pumped up. Really? <laughs> Is this going to happen every episode till freaking February? It's going to happen forever, David. It's going to... Oh. Dwarves and I just don't mix. See, I embrace all races. That's fine. Embrace away. See? I will always oh. hate dwarves. Oh, see? Now who is it? 
It's this straight white man who's being tolerant. I see. Oh, man, is it white boy day again? <laughs> it's white boy day again. Okay. Anyway. Um, I guess some rumors is that uh, when White Dwarf comes out on the 27th, we should be seeing that the, the Dark guy? Elves are coming out. Ooh, that's... Ooh, I'm rubbing my hands. And You're excited, huh? I can't wait. What do you think? Does, does it excite you? Every new release excites me because it changes the game. And I embrace all races, Chris. Oh, please. Psh. No, I think... I read somewhere that you were saying, like, really? Dark Elves again? Blah. Okay, I just... I want the dwarf book to come out. Nobody plays dwarves. Lots of people play dwarves. And guess what? When the book comes out, you'll see them come... There'll be someone in this neighborhood playing them again. I can't wait for that dwarf book to come out and you start to play them because that means I get to kill some. Yeah, and you know what? Then I'll get to play against you probably without that damn banner of the world dragon. Why? Because I don't throw magic. If, if we don't throw magic. Oh, I see. Well, it is. Yeah, true. Well, that, you never know. You might. You, we might. I'd ra- I, I, you know what? I got to say this. I, I'm, I'm happy to take anything because they've really been running good with the, with the books. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little disappointed if they had an actual magic phase unless they really do something clever with it. Yeah. Um and I just I mean, but I will I'll be happy to take anything. The Raj and uh Johnny over at Point Hammered had a good kind of speculation as to what the dwarves needed and where they could go. So that was an interesting listen. Uh, personally I think they'd be cool if they had uh like Zeppelins and airships. I think that'd be a good a Zeppelin slant. would be fun. I'm I'm not gonna say bear calf because everybody says that because they want them to have something that moves fast. And they wouldn't ride horses, and so I'm like, well, okay, but I just I, I don't. But they're not a cav. They've never been a cavalry. I just type don't. Army, I just they? no, not no. They haven't, and I just don't want them. In, I don't want them in little steampunk war machine. I was gonna say something like akin to a, a pump wagon, but a dwarf version. Nothing like that, huh? Well, that's different. That's almost like a chariot type thing. Yeah, that might be different. I'm saying I don't want them in a giant metal suit shaped like a dwarf. <laughs> you know, like Fair a enough. space, like a space marine Terminator, <laughs> right? You know, but it's like a you know, we it's got big power drills for arms. We've had enough examples in the last two shows of how little you want forty k slipping into your fantasy. <laughs> true, this is true. So, well, it's apparently it's it's part of it, part of the DNA. Yep. Well, listen, you know what, Donovan Stouter, who is a sponsor of the show from Guild Painting. He actually is going to come on today. He wants to talk a little bit about guild painting. Mm-hmm. He's going to come on for a little bit. Before we start talking about all the new kits and stuff that's going to come out, Yeah, because I, I know he's waiting. Why don't we give him a call? Because I'm certain, talking about new models coming out, a guy who models. custom paints models for a living. Sure. Might have some input. Might, might want to say sure, something. Sure, let's so let's, uh, I don't know if this will be a... No, look, I'll call him. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut 
design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got battle foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at battlefoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. We got to talk about our sponsor, Audible. Audible, yes. Audible. Um, you guys have heard about it. We talked about it last episode. Their sponsor. Excuse me. They're sponsoring the show this month, and hundred thousand plus hundred thousand books on well books on CD as I like to call audio books audio books CD. What's that? <laughs> I've got a bunch of those. <laughs> I know don't, you do. Don't make fun. What's an A track? I have some of those too. Don't make fun. <laughs> um, dude, it's just so awesome. Uh, you know, I listened to all of Name of the Wind. Oh, you finished it already? It's like 30 hours, but I just kept listening to it. Like, wow. I stopped listening to podcasts. I was listening to it on the way to and from work. I got caught up in the story again. Harrison was listening to it. He's enjoying it. Um, we actually finished it, and then Harrison's like, well, when can we get the next book? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't get my free credit till next month. And he's like, well, how much is the book? And I hear Heather. She's like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you wait for your credit. The uh, the marketers over at Audible are right now uh, going, Yes. Well, because once you listen, it it's like you want, yeah. especially you're, if it's part in. of a series. Oh yeah, you, you don't want to wait. Who wants to wait thirty days? Exactly. Now you finally picked a book. I did. I did. Did you, did you ever see that movie um, starring Russell Crowe called Master and Commander? Yes, it's one of my favorite movies ever. I, it, actually, this past week, I think I watched it twice. Really? I, I picked up um, the first book because it's based off a book. Okay, Master and Commander, uh, ba- uh, written by Patrick O'Brien. Okay. I think it's a series of, I want to say, six or eight books. Okay. Historical fiction. So I picked that first one up and, and started that. So I'm really looking forward to listening to that while... Uh, most I Mostly I'll listen to it while I'm doing dishes. Not okay. so much while I'm working because I have How to... How many dishes do you have? Uh, well, three kids. A lot. Oh, you're actually hand-washing all oh, the dishes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, we put what we can in the dishwasher, but then it's hand-washing a lot of pots and oh, pans. Oh, okay. We, we cook quite a bit, so... Oh, that's right. So the, and that I kimchi, think, you got to clean that up. <laughs> There's nothing to clean up because we eat it all. <laughs> anyway. You just start licking the pots clean and you'll be... <laughs> well, yeah, that's, isn't that what everyone does? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I'm <laughs> so, fragile. So, uh, so I'm looking forward very much to uh, reading this book because there's a lot that they hint at in the movie. Uh-huh. Like the doctor. You remember, I don't know if you remember the doctor character. Okay, actually, I said yes because I knew of the movie. Yeah. I've never seen it. What? I've never seen Ever? it. Ever? No. So good. You have okay, to watch well, it. Well, and I was going to actually say once we got off, it got done. Hey, I think I just said yes, I saw it, but it's no yes, I heard of it. So, so if, 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 if you like it that much, I will so definitely. Good. Yeah. I'll have to Netflix it or it's something. It's such a guy's movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's all about like chain of command and life on the sea at that in that era and doing battle with another you know ship. Oh, I know all about that. I watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Not even, yeah, not even close. So it's it's, but it's. I mean, you're saying it's one of your favorite movies ever. Ever. Oh yeah, top ten. Whatever it's on, I have to watch it. I, I I'm watching it then. You should. I'm not promising for next episode, but watch it. I'll and be tell watching. Me what it. you think? I mean, you recommended Breaking Bad, so I think my track record's okay. Yeah, your track record's going good. So, so 
But having said all of that and running this commercial on forever because when we get talking, <laughs> um, it would be possible if it weren't for Audible. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, go to uh, you know. There's a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. They're on our. They got a banner on our, the front of our webpage. Yep. Go there and click on that. Uh, on the forums in the show thread, there'll be the Audible link, or just go to audiblepodcast.com/slash/garagehammer. And here I am making typing motions with my fingers. Because that's good radio. On the air, because that's good radio. <laughs> Audible what, what, Are you polishing a CD with your hands right now? I don't know. <laughs> Audiblepodcast.com slash garage hammer. Sign up. You get a, your first month is free. You get that one download. Keep it forever. Mm-hmm. If you like it, fourteen ninety five a month. If you don't, cancel. It's that simple. Good stuff. And I'm, I'm, I knew I sh- I'm totally hooked. I knew this was. I think gonna, they got me too. You know, and it's like, really, do I want to spend another fifteen bucks a month? And now I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, this is totally nothing. I'm. This is totally worth it. It's so much cheaper than buying them actually books on CD, and it's actually so much cheaper than retail. Well, if you break it down per minute, thing. it's got to be pennies on the minute, if that. Well, it's fifteen bucks, and I got a thirty-hour book almost. So you figure fifty cents an hour. So I was, yeah. And you know I'm always doing the cost to usage cost ratio. Analysis, yeah. You know that's cheaper than a movie. That's 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 good qual. That's that's good quality money. And you keep the book. Right. I could totally listen to the book. Some of these books again. Mm-hmm. You know. So there you go, guys. Audible. Dot com. Check um, them out. Definitely check them out. Yeah, click through the show seriously because you'll you'll get you'll be addicted just like us. <laughs> Join us. <laughs> Join us. Hey, Donovan. Hey, it's working. Oh, and we're on the air, by the way. Oh, we are. Yeah. Um, okay. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, speaking of movies. I uh, know we'll cover that during the during the, the toolbox. toolbox yeah. Look at me. Stay on target. Yeah, right. Look, at I lose the laughter and I gain the target. Whatever. I got a cold, <laughs> Donovan. I'm medicated. He's a little out of it. <laughs> Donovan, just for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your service, Gilpainy.com, et cetera, and fill us in. Well, uh, I'm Donovan Stouter. Uh, I'm 22. I prefer long walks on the beach, uh, pina coladas, and uh If you say getting stuff. caught in the rain, I'm clicking, I'm <laughs> hanging up. <laughs> that When they do those polls, say, what's your favorite song ever and least favorite song ever, that goes right on the number one for me. Don't. It's, it's not allowed. All right, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. Let's get, let's get serious now. Yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. Serious. Right, right. Switch gears. No, um, I'm Donovan, uh, co-founder of Guild Painting. We're a commission painting service. Uh, we build, paint, convert, all that fun stuff. Um, that's pretty much the gist of it. I mean, we've been doing it now for about a year straight, and everything's really starting to pick up. And thanks to you guys too. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. You know, we've been really kind of. Getting real busy doing a lot of different projects, and it's been a lot of fun. Has anybody actually mentioned that they that they heard about you on the show? A lot of people actually do in the email. Oh, nice. Excellent. Very nice. So you probably do fantasy, 40K, uh, non-GW games as well, I'm assuming? Uh, we do everything. I mean, we even had a person come over and do like an action figure to paint. I don't know why, but we did it. We took their money. Okay. <laughs> what kind of an action figure? It was like some – it wasn't even a good one. It was like a, a cheesy Transformer knockoff thing. I don't even know. I 
I just saw it. It was on our shelf for the projects. I asked the questions, and I just walked away and said, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we do pretty much whatever. I mean, we've done a lot of stuff. We've been doing a lot of uh, um, a lot of like big army stuff is what we really specialize in. I mean, we did uh, – the other day we did 200 uh, Renegade Imperial Guard. They were from, uh, I believe, War Games Factory theirs. We did 200 guys in a day and a half. Jeez, that's what you call a rush order? That's us being crazy and stupid and going, we want to get this done with so we don't have to deal with it, so let's all sit down and do it. <laughs> is, is this your full-time gig? Yeah, this is I wow. make a living painting little men. Chicks dig it when I say that in the bar. Be like, yeah, baby, I'm a, I paint little men for a living. Let me show you a little freehand. You know what? Yeah, let me show you a little freehand. This is my Windsor Newton right oh, here. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, busting out the big guns. My Series exactly. 7, baby. <laughs> right. Funny thing is, I actually don't use Windsor Newton, but uh, I uh, I gotta say, you know what really ruined that is if you tell people you paint toy soldiers, to be like, oh, like in the forty year old virgin. That's why I say little men. Yeah, that just one avoids guy. that whole thing. Yeah. Actually, the the girl, the girl I'm dating now, when I first met her, and I had to tell her what I did. I, it started out as, oh, I'm an artist, and then slowly she started digging in deeper, and then it's just it's let me see some of your work. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so does she know? Is is she aware? Yeah, she's aware now. How how did she Is she still it? your girlfriend? Well, let me how no. did she ask? Or how did you break it to her and then how did she take it? I just brought her in one day and she was running around going, Oh, look at that's cute. Oh, that's they're little creatures. And just <laughs> little creatures. Well yeah, running around creatures. interested is better than uh, a girlfriend shaped pole yeah. in your front door. Is she huge. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Dave is uh, <laughs> <laughs> laughing and coughing again. Oh, that sounds painful. We've oh, my God, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, I'm just picturing like a freaking, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, just that's a puff of right. dust and a girlfriend-shaped <laughs> hole in the door. <laughs> Donovan's hand is missing because she didn't actually let go in time to turn around and run. The chair is, like, spinning around because yeah. she took off so fast. No, that's good. That's good. That's cool. Oh, that's too funny. And that's amazing that you, you are that it's your, it's your full-time gig. And you say we. How many people are on your team? Um, so it's basically me, Alan, and uh, Aaron Lovejoy. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of him. He's a pretty, pretty well-known painter. Um, and he's basically just kind of came on with us, like, officially a couple months mm-hmm. ago. And um, so it's us three main people. And then we have about eight minions, we call them. Minions. Base nice. coders, builders, whatever. We call them minions. But So we've got eight minions. <laughs> Jeez, that's, that's quite an operation. So the minions yeah. got to pass a test? Like, do you, got, do you make them assemble and make sure that their mold lines are clean and stuff like that? Because, you know, quality um, standards and stuff. I'm just actually, curious. half of our staff is females. <laughs> so just a little FYI that. to anyone out there. Half of the people painting with us are girls, but uh, a lot of them don't build the models. They don't want to build the models, and they don't learn how. So we have, like, two people who are basically designated builders. But so are those females the significant the others? No, they're not significant others, actually, okay. either. Huh. That's that's the other thing. They all have boyfriends. So see, there's hope for everyone out there. <laughs> Interesting. The poor builders. There's only two. They do it because no one else wants to. No talking. No. More work. There's... <laughs> Sitting off they in the do it corner. because we make them. Because we're, you know, as you can tell, probably through just talking to me, I'm a pretty serious and oh yeah, crack the whip businessman. It's, it's all about the numbers. <laughs> if, they, if they work hard enough over sixty hours, they might get a bathroom break. You know, who knows? 
Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't give him ideas, Chris. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> Great. Now they're going to think they get to eat, too. Right. <laughs> so cushy, man. <laughs> That's too funny. So do you guys, uh, how, do you, how do you structure your, your pricing? I know I, well, you probably want to talk Dark Elf, David, but I'm just curious. Well, no, right? no, no. I mean, we were going to get to this anyway. I'm just medicated and forgot to ask it first. <laughs> no, I'm it's just... all good. Um, well, basically, the thing with uh, commission painting is that a lot of people go to, that they get, they, a lot of commission painters make the mistake. They charge very little hmm. uh, for what they do. So we're not the cheapest company out there for sure. But we give it a realistic amount so that we're actually making money because all three of us, this is what we do for a living. Right, sure. So basically, you know, it's if I send you a quote and you don't like it, you know what I mean? It's it's one of those things we – I give the minimum quote and then I'll also give a higher end quote. Um, most infantry models start about $15 a model. Mm. Now, if you think about it, that's a lot of money. You know, that's for a unit of like 30 guys, that's like 300 or $450. Right. But – our base level is basically base coat and like two highlights. So I mean, it's not mm. crap you're getting. You're getting good quality, mm-hmm. and you're getting in, in fast time relatively. If depending on how many people we get on a project, mm-hmm. we've done uh, to the extreme. We did a four thousand point before you added any upgrades or anything. You bought equipment or anything. Chaos Space Marine Army. We oh, did wow. it in two days. In two days. Two days. That was. Base coat wash, two highlights. That's that's nuts. Yeah. And it's yeah. one of those things of, you know, uh, we can do it. That's not, then that's not, like I said, that's not something that's normal. That was a special client, special request. Sure. We've worked some stuff out. But, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, we're not the cheapest, but we do good work. And we're very proud of our work. And we're very proud of how fast we can get it out to people. And mm-hmm. I've never, we've never given something to a client and then go, ah, I'm not a big fan of that. Can you please change something? Hmm. So, so that process. Uh, do they normally come to you and say, "I'd like you know, four thousand points of Chaos Space Marines in this color scheme," or do they come to you looking for recommendations, or how does that process play out? Um, a lot of times, it's basically an email they send to us, going, "Hey, I have this, these models I need done." Um, I'll then give them a quote based on what it is. Um, I'll give them a quote on money wise, and I'll say, "Here's their low end, you know, basic, basic quality tabletop standard." Yeah, if you want this to a higher standard, because we'll do anything to a higher standard. I mean, we'll do every model of the character if you want. It's going to cost you, but we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then I give them just a little higher quote just to kind of gauge and let them know. And we can work with that. You know, we can work with your the quality you want. I mean, sometimes we'll go below that, uh, but it's really special request, and we don't like to do that as much. Okay. But um, so someone will send us an email. I'll send them the quote. Um they usually uh, some people like it, some people don't. You know, if they don't, it's it sucks. You know, and, and I'm always you know, and if you always want to come back, if I don't, if you don't like the quote, you can always come back, and we'll still take your money <laughs> if you don't like right. it the first. But um, and then the, from there is uh, building. We charge for building, and we just yeah. kind of lay it out there and go, here's what it's going to cost. Here's about the time frame we can do it in, depending on our other projects. And then we just kind of go from there, and then it's more of a just a personal email back and forth sure. of getting details worked out. So as you're as the project is progressing and you have a handful of guys painted, do you send photos back to the clients and say this is how things are coming together, or do you not um, unleash actually, anything until it's completely done? What we do is um, we've been using our Facebook a lot. We haven't updated our website in a little while, mm-hmm. so a lot of the pictures are very old and not very well taken, um, but. 
a lot of stuff we've been doing now every day almost. I think it's pretty much every day we post on our Facebook on what everyone's been working on that day. Usually we have three to four projects going at once. And so, you know, it'll be, I'll be in charge of one, Alan will be in charge of the other, Aaron will be working on another one. And um, every day we're each posting, just kind of updating everyone that's on what's going on. And so we'll usually shoot clients over, go, hey, check out the Facebook, mm-hmm. you'll see your stuff being worked on real time. Very nice. Uh, so for, if people want to check out your Facebook link, uh, what is that offhand? It's uh, facebook.com, I think, slash guild painting service. Okay. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure if that's guild painting or guild painting service, but just kind of you'll find it. You're not gonna. There's, <laughs> I think there's pretty much only us. Nice. There's my laugh again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh, Do pathetic. I use you, David? <laughs> no, I. I can't laugh. I got a, I got a like a chest cold, and so it's that's like hard good. to breathe, and like laughing makes me choke. As people heard earlier in the yeah, show, that's super painful, and I can't say army. Army, <laughs> you missed was... it. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, so, so yeah. I mean, do... it's it's really one of those things, you know. Shoot me an email at the website. You got any questions? Send them to me. You know, I we can work with you no matter what. I mean, that's our big thing. We're going to work with you, and we're going to try to communicate with you the best we can. You know, um, our big thing is we try to give the best customer service. Uh, sometimes things have broken down, but I mean. We always try to make right by it, and we're always going to take care of you. That's our thing. We're going to take care of you, and every client we've had, I'm not going to say everyone, 99% of clients we've had have come back for more. Hmm. That's cool. It's one of those things that we do good work. We're proud of it. We're not the cheapest, but you're getting what you're paying for. You know what I mean? Now, let me ask you something on a a more personal level. I was uh, talking to Lucky Sixes and Rotor on Twitter once your hobby becomes work, some people feel that you're, you will no longer will enjoy that hobby. Do you find that to be the case? Um, it's not that I don't enjoy it as a hobby. I just don't have time for it anymore. And what I mean by that is the last thing I did for my own stuff, I primed 10 models like two days ago, and I was excited because I actually got to do something it's to my progress. own stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm working 8 to 10 hours a day painting people's models. Mm. Last thing I want to do is come home and paint my models. Exactly. And it's one of those things, you know, you work on a lot of stuff and I get to work on a lot of different stuff, um, which is fun, you know, and for about the first four to six hours of every day, it feels fun and it's a hobby and everything. It's about the last four to six that kind of start really killing you and you got to really just buckle down and go, this is a job and you got to treat it like a job and paint. I will back that up. And it's it's I know just that's one of, true. And you know, it's one of those things we've gotten a lot of techniques down to where we can paint armies real fast, you know, mm-hmm. we can do a lot of that stuff. And, you know, a lot of it's mind numbing that when you're painting two hundred guys. And literally we do the thing of where we don't do ten at a time. We're doing we're painting the boot of two hundred guys, you know, we're passing oh, around yeah. a table, we're doing an assembly line. Right. I'm doing left boot, he's doing the right boot, so and so's doing the belt. And oh my you know, God. it, yeah. it becomes kind of monotonous. Okay, when I was doing my zombies, the 180 of them at first, because I had already had the 30 painted, That's I, I didn't have an assembly line to pass out right boot, left boot. But it was like, okay, this color, boom, 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 on this side. And then you get through a whole all 180, and you're sure by the time you get to 180 that number one is dry. So then you pick it up and you start going again. And I could tell you, Donovan's right. I got about 
if I would, and I did some eight, nine hour sitting around painting sessions with the zombies, just wanting to get that whole massive block of them done. And uh, about four or five of those 10-hour sessions, I think, when I was doing it. You, but you guys are talking extraordinary numbers. But four or five hours into it, oh, seriously, first four or five hours were fine. Afterwards, your jaw starts to tighten. Your jo- it's just like because you're just like something in the back of your head starts to scream. It's just like, okay, this is this is starts <laughs> the, to drive the, the you nuts. The difference is Donovan is doing it to pay his mortgage, whereas you're doing it for... "Quote unquote fun." Yeah, well, right? you know, but uh, <laughs> then it became a matter of principle. That's when, oh, the, oh, I see. That's when the machine kept part kicks, kicks in. in. That's about the four hour you, know, you start tightening up and you start crying uncontrollably because you're just like, "My God, what am I doing <laughs> with my life?" I'm painting like, little no, miniatures to God. And <laughs> well, you know what it is is you get halfway through that batch and you're like, "Well, I have to finish this color because I'm not going to let these ones get mixed up, the finished and unfinished, and that's going to be a nightmare." And then when you get to the end, you're like could probably do one more quick color. Then you get halfway well, through and realize you were stupid. Do you guys want a real quick tip if you're painting a lot of stuff to not yeah, make absolutely. it? I'd love one. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Never hold a model for more than 10 seconds. And here's what I mean by that. When you're going through going, okay, I got to do my first color or my first highlight color. You know, you get that color. Usually you pick up the model. You do that whole model in that color and then move on to the next one. Little tip. Pick up that model. Do his right foot. Just do that quick little line of color, set them down, grab the next one. Hmm. What that does is it keeps you moving. You don't get into that monotonous state, and it keeps you working fast. You don't slow down. Huh. I would have thought that the time it took to set down a model and pick another one up would eat into your production time. I guess that's not the case. It does a little bit, but the issue is you're not slowing down. Try doing that for like for like one highlight and then sit down and do the whole highlight on another model. And you'll see as you're doing the whole highlight on another model, you actually slow down like in your mind. You don't mm. paint as quick. You just kind of have the – your mm. pace slows. When you're picking that. up model, putting it down, it keeps your pace up and you can get through stuff a lot easier and it makes you not want to stab your eye with the paintbrush. <sighs> and you miss things because no matter how many times I pick up a skeleton and I'm doing the, the brown leather parts now, by the time you finish, you're looking at them you're like – God damn that little bag on the back of his belt that I missed. Yeah. Whereas if you go, I'm going to do all the little bags on brown belts, mm-hmm. and that's all you're doing. Well, you so you really break it down to a, a micro level in terms of the assembly well, line. Like I said, we do this. Um, we do this like for a living. So each model we look at is I need to finish this model in you know. We do fifteen dollars a model mm-hmm. because what we pay ourselves is fifteen an hour, mm-hmm. which isn't a lot. Where I'm not, we're not getting rich off. It's it's a matter of volume. You you need to get as many models painted, right? Exactly. So it's a thing of we need to do this as efficiently Mm -hmm. and as quickly as possible. And that's a very way to stay efficient, to Mm -hmm. keep your mind going. And um, it helps when you have an assembly line of people, of course, because, you know, you're just moving around. But if you do it by yourself, I've actually uh, started doing this technique. And it really does. It doesn't make any sense when you think about it. But when you actually do it, it mm-hmm. keeps your mind going, and you get a lot more done in in the same amount of time than you would. I, I can see that it keeps your mind fresh. That's a cool that's, tip. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's something we do, and it seemed to work for us so far. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just a little. I know there's people out there who you know when you have a hundred models to paint, you know, Skaven, goblins, mm-hmm. or anything like that. You know, it's that's the thing that keeps you going. You know, I got a million tips, but we should probably not dwell well, on just there, you don't want to give away all these secrets, right? They have to come to you and uh, commission a job. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, don't do anything, send them to us, and it gets done real quick. There you go. 
<laughs> I imagine, you know, with so many people on your team, when you're sitting around doing the assembly line style, to me it sounds like it's almost like a party. You know what? I got to say, I don't ever wake up and go, God, I got to go to work. We have fun. We're laughing, joking the entire time. You know, everything's going around. We're ripping on the guy next to us right. or whatever. And it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing it. It's It's work that... It doesn't feel like work ninety percent of the time, which oh, yeah. is that's that's the really best good. thing you can ask for. I very rarely have a bad day. To get paid to do what you love, I mean that's that's the perfect. Well, love. Well, let's let's back off. <laughs> I hate it now, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things of I could be digging ditches instead. I'm painting little models. There and, you go. You know why the hell not? Well, tell us a little bit about um, Donovan the Man. You know, what's your background? Uh, what did you study? And how did you eventually come to do this as a uh, full-time thing well let's see here <laughs> it all began <laughs> one summer you know the sun was shining and donovan was born and no. your mom met your dad and yeah it was, it was beautiful it was love at first sight no <laughs> um i've been doing this now for i think four years yeah because when i was playing me and my buddy started doing it we played seventh edition and then eighth came out that same year um wow. So about four years now, right? Four. So you're relatively new to the hobby. Yeah. I'm, also, I'm 22 years old, so I haven't been doing this for too long. I don't have a huge history to go through. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see here. Um, I just kind of started painting, you know, whatever. I started with, uh, we bought the Skull Pass set. We played that a couple times. Didn't really know the rules. We just kind of kind of saw YouTube videos and like, yeah, uh, we'll figure yeah. it out, you know. And then uh, I was... Crazy, I decided to buy Dark Elves, actually, as my first army. So we bought a battalion, and we played just kind of whatever. And he kept playing dwarves, and then I got the hobby ADD. Uh-oh, we all know that. I think David knows that really well. So I had Dark Elves. I painted the Dark Elf army. I was happy with it. I loved it. And I was like, I need to play another army. So I played vampires. Hmm. But I played, you know, 7th edition vampires, where I had 100 skeletons and a zombie dragon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. And I painted 100 skeletons by myself, and I felt like a champ when I was done with it. Jeez. <laughs> then I played Warriors. Okay. Then I played. Then I dabbled in Ogres. Uh, then I played Warriors again, which was the tan of Warriors. The khaki then, Warriors. Let's see, what else? Um, then I played, and I actually played Empire, and I, the new Empire models came out, the pictures for them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, i got to play this army. It's rad. It's like a chariot with a freaking observatory on top. This right. is so cool. Um, I painted up Empire. I ended up – all those armies have been sold at one time or another. Um, and that Empire army, the client who bought that from us, actually has commissioned more and more on that. So that army is now like six, 7,000 points. Jeez. Have you but, seen uh, – I know Donovan had forums. Uh, he has threads up on our forums on our painting and modeling section. Stouter Power? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his, he did the tan. Mm-hmm. The, I call him the khaki warriors. The khaki khaki which is warriors, great, the khaki yeah. warriors. Yeah. The khaki warriors. I liked him because I'd never seen anyone in that sort of it's a good color. color combination. And it worked, and I was like, okay, you know, it's 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 not what it looked good. I was like, I don't know. At first, I was like, that doesn't work. I'm like, you know what? Actually, with the color of the pelts and stuff like mm-hmm. that, with the with their wearing, I'm like, that actually works really well. I guess Don was saying you you said you got a lot of grief from people. Oh, people used to give me so much shit for that, going, oh, they're not marked the right colors, and I basically just... I'm one of those people that I look at the scheme that GW does, and I usually do something different. And 
I painted up the first Warriors army I had was black lined with silver. And God, was it boring. And, you know, and so I was like, you know, I'm going to do something cool and different. And I did the bone. And actually, ever since I did that, man, bone is like, I try to put that in as many colors as possible. I love just that, that cream color. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's fun to paint for me. It's really striking like, on the people, table, something different, like you were saying. Yeah. Exactly. It's very bright, but it's not white to where it's overpowering. Mm-hmm. It's it's bright, but not, it's pastel It's probably a good yeah. word. It's a good term to describe it. But, and the thing is, especially, um, I mean, you don't have to have green, red, purple, and, you know, and pink as yeah. your four chaos colors. You can have banners that indicate... Sure. A, a mark or indicator. Or a shoulder pad or something. Or shoulder, exactly. You don't, and here's I mean, the thing. And public service announcement. If anyone says you've got to paint your warriors the same, a different color, you you tell them no. You do what you want to do. <laughs> anyone come, if anyone disagrees, come talk to Donovan. Yeah, come talk to me. I'll, I'll, I'll straighten it out for you. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we got to announce this contest. Donovan has decided not only does he is he one of the sponsors, and... Uh, not only is he doing some custom work for Harrison. Oh, very nice. Um, By the way, that Phoenix is coming along pretty nice. I'll put. It, I think I'm going to post a picture up on the forum like nice. Monday or Tuesday where the Phoenix is coming. But I'm having a lot of fun with that. I did the simple thing. Harrison and I really sort of like usually the color schemes from the books. So he's doing some dragon princes and a, and a, a fiery the the flaming yep. Phoenix yep. one. Says, so, "What do you want it to look like? The box? <laughs> you know, I, I doesn't have. I mean, doesn't have to be easy. that. Doesn't have to be that." You know, it doesn't have to be heavy metal standard. It just those colors. That's that's what he wants. Make it look like the box. That's easy. Sure. So I'm I'm, I'm actually excited. But so Donovan, um, why don't you tell them what you, you want to tell them what what we came up with? Sure. So we we're we we're sitting there in the car. I was in the car driving, you know, talking to Dave, and I was like, "So what are we going to do for the project?" And so Dave had the great idea to. You guys got to post on the forum why you need to get a model painted by Guild Painting. Why you don't want to paint your models. Yeah, sob story, anything. Funny. Funny is the key, you know. Or angry. Angry angry is even better. I like anger. Anger, you know, anger makes you strong. (laughs) (laughs) But now you can post it on the forums. You can do it on our voicemail. You can make a YouTube video and then send us a message or put on our fa- on the Garage Hammer Facebook page link to it so we can show it. If it's funny and it's not in uh, completely unfamily friendly, we'll put on the Garage Hammer YouTube thing for people to look at. But we'll just however you want to send it. There's multiple channels. Yeah, just as, as you could be as elaborate or as simple as you want. But tell us why you just absolutely like like the commercial says. If you'd rather have oral surgery than paint your own model, call Donovan. So explain to us why you'd rather have. Right. And uh, what's the prize, Donovan? So basically what we're going to do for it is um, you're going to basically, whoever wins, we're going to pick and then roll off on who the winner is. Um, And then um, you're going to basically get send us a character model. Or if you want, like, a monster or something like a centerpiece, you know, like, granted, the character is going to be a little bit more detailed than the monster you send me because I'm going to spend, you know, about the same amount of time on either one. But we'll get that painted up for you for free and send it out there. And then you can show your buddies and be like, oh, look how cool these guys are. Look at this. Nice. It's amazing. 
So your character, a character, your model, or your whatever your centerpiece is, you send it to Donovan, and he'll paint it up for you and get it back to you. So send it yeah, those uh, funny, sad reasons why you don't want to paint your stuff. Which is just great yeah, on the then, hobby, the hobby focus podcast. Right. I never play; I just get to paint. Call well, the up. thing is too, and if you want, if anyone wants to see what the quality kind of that's going to be uh, on the Garage Hammer forum. Under painting and modeling, I have uh, I started a new thing, uh, Donovan's Commissions. If you want, go check that out. I've got a monster on there, which is a Demon Prince, and a BSB uh, for the Empire Army, actually, we did. And that's kind of the level you're going to get um, on either one. They're both about six hours in. That's usually what we like to spend on characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to do shortcuts for you just because it's I'm not getting paid for it. You know, I'm going to give you good quality because it's, it's advertising for me sure. and for my company, and I'm not going to, you know give you crap you're gonna get something real nice you're gonna be proud of and we're gonna be able to put it on the table and be like yeah that's a guild painting model right it's kind of like a living testimonial of what you guys are about exactly and you know what and the biggest compliment i get is when people look at my armies and go that's beautiful that's amazing and i and i really wish i could spend time on my own models to to really paint and put them on the table and i don't get to do that as much and i do miss that you know the armies i do have i did another warrior's army that i painted for a tournament in two weeks and it got nominated for best painted and wow. all i did was have people coming up to me going wow that's beautiful you know and it's that's the best compliment i can get i don't care if i win tournaments i go there to drink have fun mm. hang out with my buddies you know and when people come up to me and just be like that's a beautiful model it makes me happy it really does it's it's one of those things that's weird it's kind of i don't know maybe feeding my ego but compliments make me happy <laughs> no I, I i i get it I totally Man, get I got to tell you, EMT was not the choice for you, was it? What's EMT? that? I said EMT was not the right choice for you, was it? No, EMT was not the right choice for me. When Actually, was... I get paid more painting than being an EMT. That's sad. Oh, it is. Emergency medical technician? He was. Yeah. I remember when he had West Coast Hammer, not mm-hmm. West Coast Hammer, when he yeah. did West Coast Hammer. I remember talking about doing all his EMT training, telling his gross stories about like you know roadkill and stuff like that, people he would you know when he was going out training in the ambulance yeah that was yeah the sad thing was yeah i get paid more painting miniatures than uh than uh, working on an ambulance huh. so so if you're ever getting picked up by an ambulance or something be nice to your emt slash paramedic because they work hard <laughs> well, their life is truly in your hands at that point so. and, they're, and they're probably not having a good day because there was very few days emt that i ever had a good day oh, geez, they're all stressful <laughs> i can only imagine oh yeah they were I gotta say, I've never been so stressed as working at something like that. That was pretty. That's a brutal oh, job. But all right, so that's the contest. We will put it up in the show th- uh, on the forums, and it'll be under contests. It'll be listed there with all the instructions and what to do and where to put the links if you do something outside of just listing it on the forums. Now, listen, we have to get back to talking about the dark elves. Yes, because we got about twenty-five minutes to talk about this. You want to circle back or? Take a break and then circle back to that, or just no, continue. You know what? Let's, you know what? Let's uh, take a quick break and then and then do that. Okay. Okay. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, 
crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. I was going to go back, back, go back. Ahead. I can't. If I try to do that scratchy back, back, I'm going to cough. <laughs> Donovan, would you uh, be willing to do a, a back, Oh, no, back, we're back. back. I just totally oh, effed it up. Back. There you go. We're, we're back. Back, back, back. Back, back, back. There you oh, go. Oh, my God. I'm Lincoln. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is outrageous. Okay, so Dark oh, Elves. You, that's not nice. What? 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 Because I totally I'm can't. I'm just talking ye- here. We're just talking. Dark Elves. No, you said it. And what? you know when you say it. Back, I, back, back, any back. You know when you say outrageous that I scream it, and I can't today because I'm sick. Taking advantage. I'm going to say it a hundred times next episode. Dave, that's just outrageous. No. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of true tools right here. Oh, boy. So let's talk Dark Elves, boys. Now, you said you've seen pictures. Now, let me ask. Some people have said they've seen pictures. Where are these pictures? Um, Well, they're not out yet, and the people who show them to us, we really can't mention where we see them. But I have seen pictures, and I've not seen all of it, but what I've seen, wow. It's it's the it's the most beautiful release for any fantasy army. Wow. Okay, so hold up. Before we even get to that, 45 minutes ago you asked me, are you excited for Dark Elves? And then I started to cry about something because I wasn't paying yeah. attention. So, how? I mean, Donovan, is this an army that you're interested in, in playing, or are you just looking forward to getting to getting to paint these new models? Well, I have a Dark Elf army that's, of course, unpainted because I don't get to paint my own stuff, and yeah, I'm really busy jealous. working. I'm jealous because these models are seriously, these are the ones I've seen are really good. And the rumor is they actually push back the 40K release for next month or for not next month, the month after they're doing two months focusing on dark elves, two months of dark elves. It's two months of an army release because they're replacing every kit in the army except for three. What, which ones so are they not replacing? I'm uh, cold one nights, mm-hmm. Corsairs, and I'm thinking the bolt thrower. I don't know for sure though. Oh, really, I haven't heard that Just, much. I've heard that, that they're only keeping three kits. I that's not a for sure thing. So that's just kind of what I've heard. I haven't seen pictures for everything, but that's what I've heard. It's it's their biggest release. It's apparently, they're going to be doing some uh, like stuff at their stores. It's going to be like a big old a big old deal. So, is it a two wave release? Like some of the models this month, some next month? I'm not sure about that. I don't know for sure, but I like I said, this is all hearsay and remember what I've heard, but it's supposed to be a two-month span over two months. It's like that big. That's. Sh- I mean, if they get two months, I mean, even That's a the, lot of exposure. And I hate to say it this way, but even the Space Marines didn't get two months, and the Space Marines are, well, they're the Space they're Marines. They're the mainstay, sure, if you yeah. have you. So one of the That's things crazy. that people really wanted was new Witch Elves. So I take you, have you seen those? How do those look? I've seen a bad picture of the Witch Elves. Uh, the ones I've seen good pictures of are the uh, the Warriors, mm-hmm. the new Warriors, and um, that's basically what I've seen the pictures of. I saw kind of a blurry picture of the w- Witch Elves, and um, they look good. They look, um, like I said, I can't really judge too well, but from what I saw, they GW might have finally gotten a female model to look right. Mm-hmm. Are they still topless? 
Well, they're witch elves. They shouldn't be wearing clothes anyway. Okay, that uh, works for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining. Apparently, too, they're showing there's an exposed breast on their big like cauldron thing with the Medusa on it. I, I've heard about that. Yeah. Okay, now what's the Medusa thing? I've heard about this Medusa. Is that an actual uh, sp- separate model, special character? It's a cauldron of blood alternate version of it. Oh, okay. So it'll probably so have its I own can, abilities and. Yeah. Oh, so there's the Cauldron of Blood, and then there's the other the Cauldron thing that does something different. Now, I hear this yeah. new Cauldron and the Medusa are like on a six-wheeled kind of chassis. Yeah, it's it's apparently the Screaming Bell Base. That's huge. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be gigantic, and apparently the rules for it are pretty awesome, too. Okay, Actually, so it, some of the rules rumored are basically if you're canine within six inches, you get plus one attack, and if uh, there's a hag in there, uh, or sorry, if you're frenzied, you get plus two attacks. Wow. So which elves would have five attacks based sitting next to it, which is pretty terrifying. <laughs> All right. I'm crying power creep and filth right now. Well, I'm hoping because uh. then I'll play them and just wreck everyone's day. But, but the trend does not suggest that, though. If anything, they'll be totally brought in line and, and be. Yeah. Oh, I hope level. so. But uh, I'm excited. I mean, the, some of the rules are coming out now like the. You know, like on all like the kind of the rumor sites and stuff like that, the rules are starting to creep out a little bit now. And the way leaks go, we probably should be seeing pictures more like toward the this weekend or in the next week. So, well, by the time this airs, it'll be two days before the White Dwarf comes out. So, sure. By the time I'm you're sure hearing this, you probably see them. Yeah. Are, are there any? Is there any talk about the Hydra and the, the rule adjustments there? I haven't heard any rules. Uh, apparently, the model is pretty big, big and scary. I heard it's another two-in-one kit. Yeah, it's a Kraken or a Hydra. The Kraken. But, uh, and the things with the pictures are, it's take what you think of the Kraken and throw that out the window. It looks nothing like what it's supposed to look like. Nothing like a giant squid. I I, I think I've read that too. Yeah, it's supposed to be a six-headed, tentacly, clawed, webbed feet. Like a four-legged, webbed feet type thing. thing. Oh, okay. So not your typical Kraken. Not the Kraken your your dad grew up with. Not yeah. your dad's Kraken. <laughs> not your dad's Kraken. <laughs> don't make David laugh. That's our mission here. You're going to hurt me. <laughs> we don't want to hurt him. I'm fragile. <laughs> All right, um, you bastards. Um, did you see the Blackguard or the Executioners that I've heard about? I haven't seen those uh, at all. Like I said, I just saw pretty much the Warriors and the three variants you get for the Warriors. But I'm, I'm looking forward. I think the thing I'm looking forward to is because I know Christopher had a ton of them. First of all, he said the Executioners were such a pain because you literally had to drill. Like, a huge sword on everyone. Because the sword, they always broke, so you had to pitch everyone. I'm just looking for because they were like all those metal one pose. Yeah, we had a commission for some executioners. We had to pin every single sword. Oh, what a pain. Yeah. Yeah, literally, literally, I had calluses on my hands from so much pinning. And they're all metal and spiky, so you're probably poking yourself all over the place. I'm excited for some dynamic poses like they did when they took the the high elf mm. core and special See? basic units and just at least added some movement in the arms and legs, gave them a little bit of... Not just standing there with the sword up next to their shoulders. Uh, I don't like the movement as much. I, I like the more like Blackguard and Executioners. I would think the they'd be more that stationary look. kind of, we're badasses, so we don't turn around and look at explosions kind of badassery. <laughs> right, but I'd at least like to see them, you know, maybe with the, some guys at least having a sword over their head or something like that. You know, it just, I guess I, guess I suffer because I play dwarfs. 
as Chris is going to complain. But I have hammerers <laughs> and iron breakers, which have a pose. It's a model. It's got a pose. And it's the, and when you have seriously, when you have a unit of thirty of them, you could put a plate on top of it and or a glass, and it won't spill because it's all the exact same height, exact same everything. I honestly cannot tell the difference. It's all just beards to me. Oh. Yeah, it's all beards and just silliness. Yeah. No, yeah, got, there you go. We got nice. another racist on the show. My man, racist. I, okay, my hey. friend used to play dwarves when we first started playing. That is the most boring army to ever play against, and I. Hate yep. dwarves with a passion. I would rather play filthed out warriors, ogres, anything than a soft dwarf army. I'm sorry. I just I despise them with every fiber you, of my being. Do you charge extra if you have to do a commission on dwarves? That's the question. No, no, no. See, when people send them to me, I just kind of break them and then send them back. <laughs> and then. <laughs> nice. but, but just kidding. We will paint your dwarf army for you. <laughs> Donovan, you're my new best friend. <laughs> I don't think David's going to let me back on the show anymore. <laughs> I'm not certain why I let you on this time. At this point, I'm just going to sit here. I guess. I'm sorry. Oh, you, it's a playstyle thing. The the the, the models. You either are cool like them or you hate them. I get it. But you know. hey, the, if the new book comes out and they can move and actually you know play the game, then I would be excited to play against Dwarves again. But Chris, you've played against me. I actually did play when I played with them. I'm I know they're saying that you didn't. There's people who go. In fact, I heard it today. I was listening. I think Kiwi Hammer, and they're like, you know, I think it's funny when dwarf players are always like, oh, I play a mobile dwarf army, and nobody plays a mobile dwarf army. They all say they do. I would have like two war machines, maybe three tops. I'd put a couple of small units in front just to protect them, like ten, and then I had the rest of the blocks, and I ran them forward. I'm like, screw it, we're dwarves. We got great armor and big heavy weapons. We'll fight. Don't you think the hatred though of of dwarves is good for the game? It is. I embrace all races. I understand, but that hatred for that race makes for a better game. I don't know. All I know is that we have more special magic items in army books dedicated to getting at us. Than, and then you wonder why we got a big book of grudges. Well, I'm about to say, Dave, who started writing the book? I, I'm just saying the book probably came before all the weapons and all well, the other armies. I'm are saying... Like, hey, they probably, didn't, they probably didn't write it down the first time they got screwed over, but when it Towards got to be a couple hundred haters. times, like, listen, we got to keep track of this. <laughs> you know, if you're getting screwed over so often, you got to write it down to remember how many things <laughs> happened. Somebody's messing with you, and you need to do That's something That's because you got it. a sign painted on your back that says, hey, or oi, mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Chris, but you'll never see the sign painted on their back. That's it's right. on the back edge. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're too short, but I like your angle better. No. You know what? I don't have anything against the people who play dwarves. Just, you know, when you put them on the table, it just means I just give you a, I don't like you as much. Scowl. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so much hate. You know what? Hey, it's I'm just funny because that was like my first army, and I just... I love dwarves in general, like just the concept of them. Like always when we would play D&D stuff, nope. that was always my... Everyone was always like, I want to be an elf. I want to be an elf. They're so magical and so tough and they're tall and... Tough. Like, they're never known well, as being I mean, tough. Well, not tough, but I mean they're, they're... they're Dexterous. Yeah, they're good, you know, in the game. Agile. I'm like, I'll well, be that's a dwarf. Let's see with me. I love warriors. I love the fluff. I love warriors of chaos. That is like my favorite army. And I can't play him anymore because I'm tired of people pitching about the Warriors book. And to be honest, that kind of makes me sad. It's kind of like I've tried to make a soft list, 
and I still get people over there to warrior. Dude, it's oh, so really? cheesy. Even with the soft list? Hmm. Yeah, even with the soft list. I've tried. Like, I was taking a level four Zinch. I was, you know, forsaken for core. And the wow, book is. Forsaken. The book is good. And to be honest, Forsaken aren't that bad. They're not good, but they're not that bad. Hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, and it's one of those things. It's, you know. I think it depends on your meta and who you're playing. I, I would imagine if you have a good orc and goblin player in your group, that would, because that's a tough matchup for warriors. Yeah, orcs and goblins make warriors cry. Yeah. I've got six bolt oh, throwers. Yeah. I got a demon prince. Well, demon prince is dead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Here's my doom divers. Where's all that armor? Exactly. Yeah, but dark elves—they're very pretty. <laughs> so very okay, so we got the hydra. Uh, now I heard the chariot is also a two-in-one kit. Did you get a look at that? I didn't. I didn't see that one at all, no. And I, I heard that the chariot is a, a, a single-wheeled chariot. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. A unicycle a chariot? A unicycle, yeah, precisely. Almost like a doom wheel, but then it's got the, <laughs> the platform around it. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing like a clown, like, wheeling around. Here come the dark thing. elves, everyone. <laughs> well, and, and, and they're going to get rid of the pot-bellied cold ones. Yeah, those old cold ones look nasty. Did they just, they were like fat old yeah. <laughs> These are the ones nobody rides anymore. Hook them up to these chariots. <laughs> Put those away. <laughs> Put those chariots away. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so lots of cool stuff. And like I said, you've got to be pretty excited because when a new army comes out, do you do, you, do, do commissions for, like, when a new army comes out, do you see your commissions for that army? Oh, it must spike at yeah. that time. Um, Actually, it doesn't. It depends really... Because, like I said, we have our customer base who's pretty, you know, we don't get a lot of new customers, you know. But when we do get them, you know, they, they, they always come to us. So it's one of those things. If one of them wants to start Dark Elves or play them, you know, a lot of times we'll get, like, single one-off stuff. Like, I'll probably paint a million cauldrons or whatever. But, you know, to do a full army, you know, that that's probably not going to happen. And I kind of want it to because the, the models, the warriors and stuff, those are awesome looking. Yeah, They're very – you know what they feel – uh, I've seen them, and they almost feel a little high elfy. You get that, you see that high elf influence in these models. Oh, I like that. It's say more things like that. <laughs> oh, no, that it, would really it, go nicely for what you're doing saying, with your yeah, army. Yeah. That's I was just gonna say. Yeah, it fits your army perfectly. Which, by the way, looks awesome. I ordered a bunch of Shadow Warrior heads just to have those because uh, they look so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, but those, they did a good job on those heads. Yeah, those are really good. But apparently, you can get and you. It looks. They've all got capes and stuff like that, and it just looks really, it looks regal kind of thing. It's like they're. I like the it's theme. A, it's high elves if they were jerks, you know, with a little couple extra spikes here and there, little sharp edges. You know what I mean? It's it's not that elf. clean high elf look. Yeah. It's more that dangerous. It's like a dangerous high elf look. I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. I like it. Sounds intriguing. I like the sound of it. Yeah, I mean it. I'm excited. I really, like I said, I love the, I love the fluff. I love. They were my first army, you know, and it's kind of one of those things of, you know, I've always wanted to go back and do something with them. And you were saying that this is the best looking release in your opinion ever, from what I've heard and the models I've seen. Just the core to see an army with that as your core is going to look, it's going to look ace. It's going to look spot on. I'm it's actually gonna, more excited after hearing about this than I was. Oh my. You know, like I said, pictures should be coming out. I'm, I'm really stoked. It's going to be a really, it's going to be, it's an exciting release, and there's a lot of people who I think are going to jump on it and be real excited about it. It's usually been one of the more popular armies, so I think yeah, yeah. It has. 
I think the GW should do well in, in sales then in that department. And it's going to be pretty much all plastic too, and like relatively newer plastics, which is always nice because like the uh, if they do anything like the uh, the best set I've ever had for GW has been the Dark Eldar models mm-hmm. actually, which will fit in actually really good with these. We'll be able to do some cool conversion oh, nice. opportunities hopefully. But like that is the one set that I built, and I never had any problems. I never had to fill one gap. The mold lines were placed so strategically, and if they can do anything close to that, it's going to be a win in my book. Well, I just remember looking at the Shadow Warriors when they first came out and going, they look like shades. Nagarith. They look like shades. They look more dark elfy than regular high Mm elfy. Now to see that the regular dark elves in general moved a little bit towards the high So it it just makes sense. I mean, because you reading the Sundering series, I loaned that to you. Yep. They were all the same people. I mean, I mean, right. Malekith wasn't walking around before he got put in the suit of armor in all black armor with spikes and horns. And it, it is the same people. They're just split based on yeah. their allegiances. Exactly. You know? And so to have the the the, the style of clothes, even if the colors are Nagarith colors, mm-hmm. to have the style of clothing go sim- more similar to each other, I think fluff wise really makes sense. I'm looking forward to the fluff in this book now. Too. So am I. Uh-huh. Because I, when we cover it, that's going to be that's going to be some fun mm-hmm. coverage. I'm going to make a prediction. There's going to be a lot of blood and a lot of backstabbing. Just as any, this is a, just a rough prediction. No, so dark elves. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I hope it is. I hope it's similar to the. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys ever read the Malice Darkblade books. No, but I hear they're amazing. I bought those them for Christopher. Those are the I only fantasy Black Library books I read, and those are amazing. And the amount of backstabbery and just the way like that they went into the Dark Elf kind of society and stuff like that, it makes it for such like a just a good story. It's just it's mm-hmm. constantly, you know, you never know who's going to stab you in the back, or you know they're going to, but you just don't know when. And it just makes it for real exciting, real, mm-hmm. a lot of intrigue. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, yeah. I hear, hear good things about that trilogy, so I'm going to have to pick that up. Yeah, well, you can actually pick them up as an omnibus. I know that I don't. I don't know if there's more than three, but you can pick up uh, the first. The there's first. two omnibuses, I think. Yeah, I so have there was, them, and there's two of them. Yeah, so there were six books total, and uh, yeah, you can just pick it up as an omnibus. It's much cheaper if you just it's the three books in one. If I can, if I can find them, I think I know where they are. I'll shoot them over to you guys. So Chris, oh, can read them. That'd be amazing. Cool. Yeah, I'll shoot them over to you. Excellent. That'd be great. All right. Well, listen. Um, we're gonna actually. Have to wrap it up here. But Donovan, man, thanks for coming on, and thanks for uh, kind of explaining what it's like to run a painting service, man. Oh, anytime. Yeah, if you guys want to anytime, you want painting tips, anything, feel free to email me, and that goes for everybody, too. You know, if you got any questions or stuff like that, even if you don't want us to paint something, but you got a question on how to do something or something, shoot it over. I'll, I'll be happy to answer for you. What, what's it's the best way to email you? It's about the community. So, What's an email address that people can contact you at? Uh, just go to the guild... Uh, it's D Stouter Painting, D S T A U D E R mm-hmm. Painting at Gmail, um, or you can go to the Guild Painting website, which is on your guys's commercial, yep. and um, you go over to the contact us, and that's actually shoots into that same email. Perfect. So just kind of either way, just you know, like I said, just shoot us an email. I'd be happy to answer. It's always I love and helping the community and just being a part of it. Excellent. All right. Excellent. And guys, don't forget the contest. I'm I'm yes, looking please. for creativity here. So, all right, Donovan, thanks so much, and um, we will have you on again to announce the winner of the contest. 
Thank you guys very much. I can't wait. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll Excellent. talk some more Warhammer and bash some more dwarves. It'll be great. Oh, Sounds good. I, I'm always up for bashing dwarves. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you guys suck. Thanks, Donovan. Uh, take no it easy, problem. Donovan. And we'll be back. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Okay, we are back. Back to back, dude. Having Donovan on was fun. It was fun. I uh, definitely, de- and I definitely want to have him on again. Um, do you want to talk a little toolbox? Yeah, the toolbox is brought to you by... Wait. All right, so now let's get to... The toolbox. Uh, Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos, Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos, Chaos Orc Superstore. Uh, all right, so uh, have you read anything? Uh, yes, I've started Malekith of the Sundering Trilogy. So, was that the... Is that the That's first the book? the first one, yeah. Okay, so you start... What do you think? Uh, I, I, it's very interesting. Uh, I, I almost don't know where to start. Um, it's weird. Uh, I wouldn't Not, say it's weird. It's good. No, it's. I don't mean weird like... I don't mean weird weird. I mean... So, the part that I'm at... Before, I don't want you to spoil anything. Right. I'm at right now where Malekith and the, the, the king, the dwarf lord are, like, having a bromance. They're out hunting with each other. They're really... They they're actually, really tight. They're totally simpatico. Yeah. They're actually... See, like, at first, he's sort of looking down on him when he meets him. Well, they're kind of sizing each other up. Right. And now they seem to be buds. And actually, later on... Because I, uh, I, there's a part of me that keeps wondering, yeah, but Malekith started all this nonsense with the War of the Beard, for, you know, going right. in there as a... Yeah. You know, doing all this... Is he just using him? And well, later that's way on, later though, isn't it? Yeah, and, but and and later on in the book though, there's a some there's something that happens that I won't spoil for you that convinces me a hundred percent that these guys were good, we're, we're best friends. Yeah, they, they seem like they're 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 pals. But I, when I said it's weird, it's because we know Malekith from the game and right. from what you hear in the book. Yeah. Watching him before he's become a monster is really it's interesting. Although there he's are got ego, he's got a little mm. bit of anger. He's got a lot of anger. He's a, he's not a likable character at all. I mean, he's very spiteful. He's very he's, arrogant. He's not like your typical noble high elf. He's not even just haughty. He's he's spiteful. Well, I think it's it's weird because his mother has so corrupted him. Mm. Like was was that the book in the beginning where you read, or it might have even been in the dark elf army book? I don't remember where it talks about how his dad was telling him. You know, you're destined to rule and mm. teaching him to be a fighter. And his mother's also whispering in his ear in the background, it's your right. 
She's, everything she's just, doing that, and she's t- and there's just all this twisting that's going on. So he, it's the, it's the, kind of they're, they're poisoning him. The right? high elf ego. His dad's not trying to poison him. His dad is trying to turn him into a leader. Mm-hmm. His mother is trying to turn him into. And this his is what you deserve. And this his mother's already in the league with evil. You know this already. That's the thing I wanted to ask you is because as the book starts off, Malekith seems like he's kind of teetering towards evil, but um, his mom, is it Hellebron? No, Ma- uh, Marathi. Marathi. She's she's totally evil. So I think did they go into gone. history as to how she became that way? I don't remember them doing that, but I do remember a scene in the second book where she actually contacts one of the the contacts the chaos. Okay, say no more stuff. Yeah. But, so I'd like to see how did she evolve to become that evil character. That would, well, see, and here's the thing. I know Greg Dan was telling us that when he was at the Black Library weekend, and there was a much smaller group for the fantasy fantasy yeah. fiction stuff that they had said to them about these trilogies that came out, and they're like. Yeah, making them trilogies, we really could have gone into more, like we four we, or five books. By, by by saying it was a trilogy right in the beginning, they had they boxed themselves, box themselves in. in. Uh-huh. Um, I will tell you the Blood of Anarian series. Did I give you those? No, but that that's on my list to borrow from you. The beginning, the first like it's weird because the first ten percent of that first book is all told from Anarian's point of view, mm-hmm. and it's the night before it's the night that he gets contacted by Kalidor. And rides out his army and fights the four chaos demons. It nice. does all that stuff, and there's him looking at Marathi, and he knows she's evil. Like he knows it, uh-huh. but he's been carrying the sword of Cain for so long. Yeah. it has sapped all of his emotions and all of his oh, everything. I want to read that. And it's just like he's looking at her, and he's like, the sword is singing out to him, "Kill her, kill her, mm-hmm. kill her now." You know she's bad because it's just it wants blood, and he's gotten to the point where he doesn't care. He just wants a warm body that looks nice to be with at this point. Okay. Because it's like his wife died. Mm, okay. His first wife died. He misses her terribly. These demons are coming. He pulled this sword to fight him. He, he sees what the sword has done. It's really sad, but it really, like, he knows what's going on. And it's really, it's just this short, maybe, I think it was like 20 pages, 25 pages. One of the best, because mo- that was the, my biggest beef with Dark Elves, and we'll talk about this eventually in the review because mm-hmm. they'll go through it, is I'm like, if he was such a great leader and such a great judge of people, how the hell did he not know that this woman that was, was, that poisoned. she was the devil and not in disguise? Right. I mean, there's nobody who was- She looking- doesn't hide it. Exactly. Yeah. She doesn't seem to hide any of this stuff. How did he not know? Dude, he knew. He didn't care at that point anymore. Oh, he was too far gone, too far poisoned by the sword? Just too, f- I mean, it, it drained- and he basically fighting this battle that he just didn't seem he could win yeah. and just fighting and fighting. And even his followers had kind of become more ruthless. Yeah. Like the elves who followed him were living for the fight. Right. Yep. And, not for, and I know it's a totally different book, but it's just like I really love that stuff. Now, but back to what you're reading, it really does. It's um, I really liked the Sundering Trilogy a lot. I'm glad you're enjoying it so far. I, I am. And the, the book that uh, you're describing actually appeals to me a lot because the army that I'm working on right now, as you know, is the High Elf, Dark Elf kind of duality type right. army. And I really want to focus in on that, uh, you know, uh, Well, and that's only that one part of little the story. part. I mean, the rest of it is told about Teclis and Tyrion. That's them. But it's such a vital part, though. That it, it sets everything up. And it, that's that's the time frame that my army lives in. Right. 
So, and, and, and what we just heard, man, yeah. the new Dark Elf release might just be your, your I'm, thing. I'm excited. I mean, I haven't been this excited from a hobby perspective for a long time. I mean, seriously, every... Okay, your, your, your favorite army, your number one army, mm-hmm. gets a redo that is just fantastic. Not You're bad. already on cloud nine. I Now, now I'm, I'm not going to mention any comments about if there's no dragon riders, I'm not collecting them. <laughs> We're going to leave that off to the side. I'm not going to mention that. But... Because I don't want to make who, who I don't want to make such I don't want to make anyone eat their words. <laughs> but you get this, and you and before you hear that dark elves are in the distance, I'm going to do them. I'm going to use the shadow warrior. I'm going to make them look like a pre-sundering Nagarith army. Yeah. So I could use them as high elves. But if I want to add dark elf parts, it won't be cheesy. It won't be like obviously it'll be the the, the key is it has to be done well from a hobby perspective so i'm trying to set myself up to do that you're giving yourself a challenge yeah and you set this up and i was listening to you tell me it. and at first i was like because eh, that can always be cheesy right but i'm listening to you say it and i'm like and i know you well enough to go okay no he's setting himself up for this challenge to do something that's going to work mm-hmm. either way then we hear dark elves are coming out and you're like oh that's awesome then we talked to Donovan, and he says they actually look a little bit more like... Oh, man. When he said that, the I was like, oh, your, nice. Your eyes sparkled. They didn't just light up. <laughs> I could see them sparkle from over here. I cannot wait to see these new models. So let's go back to the hobby side. I want to finish our segment, which is uh, right. what we've been reading. So that, that's what I've been reading. Um, have you been doing any reading? Um, I, I, I had to finish Eisenstein because we're mm. recording next week. Um, I thought that's one that you had already read. I've read the Flight first the 17. Eisenstein? Yes, but I'm rereading it. And, okay, oh, you're rereading. Well, okay. okay, Greg and I cover chapter by chapter. I mean, book club, literally. And I'm trying. Greg covers it from the, I've read all the books. I've read all this other fluff. Greg, like, knows. Right. Okay. I read every book, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's so cool. I never mm-hmm. knew nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, oh, wow, I, I play the fanboy role. <laughs> but. Um, I also try to approach it from the English teacher point of view. Sure, like trying to dissect it, kind of analyze look it, at, and... look at different themes, different symbols, different things like that mm-hmm. that come up. So I'm literally going back and rereading it and taking notes. And when I say I'm taking notes, I got a notebook and I do about a page per chapter of notes. That's a lot of notes. Well, because I'm writing down not only the plot stuff that happens, but stuff I think about. Then I type all that up. That way, I don't need to be flipping through the book right, and looking sure. for stuff. I, I just I, if I want to read passages, I mark down page and paragraph. Now let me there. ask you something: as an English teacher, you you go through and read books. You know the the literary side of you. Yeah, you have your students read books and stuff. Mm-hmm. How does the Black Library stuff hold, and how does it compare to the actual? I don't want to say actual literature because I don't want to belittle Black Library, but stuff that you learn in school. How does it compare? All right, game fiction is game fiction, okay? If you compare it to other game fiction, you know, they got Halo books out there and Magic sure, the right, Gathering and right. stuff. Black Library is head and shoulders above most of this other stuff. Hmm. I mean, now, if you're a fan of Magic or you're a fan of Halo, I don't need emails telling me why I'm wrong and Halo's got better <laughs> books. It's different because it's, you know, you're bringing something else to it. I have a vested interest in this already because I play the game mm. and I see the and army. It feeds that interest. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it really it it's it's a it it feeds my hobby. Right. I can't judge it fairly outside of that. Yes. Okay. It, it's interesting to get because you teach high school English. Is that right? 
Uh, I used to teach high school English. Now I'm teaching humanities, which is, you know. Uh. But I'm looking at art then, so it's even right, right, right. better. But, um, it's interesting to get a teacher's perspective on the, on the Black Library series. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on wh- which stuff you want to read. I mean, I could I could go through the list of all the stuff I read and I recommend not recommend. Sure. There would definitely be some not recommends in there. But, I mean, even with uh, the Horus Heresy, I've read, what, 18 of the books now, 19 of the books now? And there are some that if they had to stand alone, I would totally be like, meh. If it was just standing alone, I would have been... Pass. Right. But when it starts linking up with the rest of this whole giant story, the sum of the... You know, it, the, the the whole is the greater sum the than the sum of great, its yeah, parts, yeah, you yeah. know? So it's, it's kind of hard for me to give it a fair judgment. Okay. So that's a big, long way that's to say a, I don't a, know. <laughs> well, you obviously enjoy it if, you're re- if you've read 18 books. I, I, re- I really do. But I'm a fanboy. I mean, and that's, I mean, there's, see, and that's where I have to constantly check and double check. I have, I, I constantly look back and double. Well, I mean, that's what it's. I second it, guess myself because people, I mean, when I actually come out and say I didn't like a book, I will get people either on Twitter or on Facebook, may, oh, look, Tech didn't like something. Well, it must be honest, have been bad. Those books are are targeted towards the fanboy. It's fanboy fiction. It is. So, you know, it's, it, it's, hey, this is the type of stuff I like. Okay, well, we'll tell you a story that you like. Well, if you're going to tell me a story that I like, don't be shocked when I say I like it. Right, right. You know? There you go. So I honestly, you know, that's just, I don't know. So that's it for reading. Have you been watching anything cool? Uh, you mean other than the only show on television? <laughs> the Breaking of the Bad? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's getting really good. Uh, you know, I was worried. We can't say too much because some people out there listening haven't seen it. I know Cranky started watching it. Right. So we can't say too much. Okay, but what did you... The the first half of season five, I was a little worried. Like, uh, the show jumped the shark. I'm not sure about it. I think it's going to end in a week now. Wait, which season, wait, which season are we in? We're in season five. Oh, this is season... Yeah. Halfway through season five, the first half of it, I was like, "Oh, really? What's going to happen?" You know, it started with the, that. You know that in the first couple of episodes, they always give you that end of the season little clip. Flash forward. The yeah. flash forward. And I still don't see how we get from where we are to there yet. I have some suspicions, but I don't know either. And that's the beauty of the show is they always keep you guessing. Yeah, it started off. A, I didn't think it was going to go weak. I knew they wouldn't go weak on us. But I didn't see where it was going. Like, well, I thought it, I was afraid it was going to be like, oh, we're going to get canceled after season four, so let's have the big finale now. Oh, there was no way they were going to get canceled. They well, had won all I, sorts I, of, uh, of Emmy Awards and stuff like but, that. But the, it's hard to talk about it without saying so much, but so much happens that right. there's not much left over in for season, season five. It's seemingly at the time. Right. So, But I think they had this whole story written out before. Like, I think they had... That's one of the things I like about something like this mm-hmm. is, you know, this guy's got X amount of time to live. Right. This story's going to end. And oh, and it's not like a sitcom or some show that just it's going to run as long as people are watching. Right, yeah. We're going to tell this story, and when the story's done, show's over. You know, another show that did that was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Babylon 5. Yes. Did you ever watch that show? I did not. Good, very good show. It's, okay. a little, it's a little dated, but same idea. He wrote it for five seasons and was going to end after that period. Okay. The thing is, season four, they were going to get canceled. They didn't know what was going to happen, so they rushed it and finished everything in season four. Then they got renewed for a fifth season. 
And they're oh, like, no. oh, well, what do we do now? And then that was just all the just filler stuff, and it, they shouldn't have had a season five, basically. I was afraid Breaking Bad was going to head in that route. It's not. No, not at all. In fact, the last episode, every episode is just breaking my heart. I'm going to have a heart attack before the end of this show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and did you hear? Last two episodes are going to be 75 minutes. I, I did hear Each. that. That's going to be 15 more minutes of that show is good with for me. Oh, yeah. Because I just, uh, every time... It's it's crazy. I keep looking in. It's like I'm starting to hate him, but I still kind of want him to get away with it. Walter White. Yeah. He's worked so hard at this, and it's like, yes, he's been ruthless, and yes, he's been. But ultimately, he has his family's interests at heart. And it's not about him. He's, you know, first Mm. episode or second episode, I'm dead. I'm going to set all this up and leave it for them. And it does. I mean, you know, he, Mm. he he goes wonky. But it's like there was that original thing that he was doing that I just kind of wanted to see him. I want. I don't know how it's going to end. I just I wanted to see that happen. And now you don't know what's going. And uh, seriously, I'm I'm so like I'm. It's Friday night. I'm so excited for Sunday. Oh, so I'm the same. And it's like I don't know. I mean, seriously, Harrison was always like about eight o'clock. He He's doesn't like, watch it, does he? No, no, no. Oh, I don't. Okay. But the kids all know. <clears throat> like, can we watch TV till eight? I'm like, sure. And then they're done. And then they know they're done, and yep. they go upstairs. Dad, your show's on. I wait till about 8, 10, because sure. I record it on the DVR. I come down maybe about 8, 10, 8, 15, and then I can speed through the commercials, sure. and by the end of the show, I get caught up. Yeah. Did you know that um, Better Call Saul is gonna is officially a series now? Yes. Yes. He's such I'm, a great character. He is. A, they're all really great mm-hmm. characters. I mean, there's just, there's nobody written who, except Marie. I hate her. <laughs> Come on, let's face it. Even her little weird character flaw thing from the first it went gone. nowhere, right? Yeah, it went nowhere, and then they dropped it. It's, she's just stupid. I hate her. Seriously, she's the person who you're just sitting there going, "Why doesn't somebody kill her?" So many people in this show die. Why, Why not, not her? her? And Brian Cranston is just oh, incredible, amazing. Especially this last episode, oh, the range of emotions that he was able to. Dude, even turn the on. baby. Yeah. Had a good range yeah. of emotions. The baby was in like three scenes, mm-hmm. and the baby made you. I mean, actually, a different emotions playing across the baby's face. Mm-hmm. I was just like, my grand was a one year old or whatever, sure, you know. But right. still, I was like, wow, that's really kind of cool yeah. that they managed to capture all this. And that's through good directors and stuff like that because you're working with babies, right? But, right. But that was cool. I've heard it said, and I would think it would be cool. You know, they got this. Uh, the next Superman movie, mm-hmm. they're going to have the team up with Batman. Apparently, that's going to be the... Oh, Ben Affleck as Batman, that whole thing. You know, I know Brian Cranston's a little bit old compared to the other guys. Brian Cranston could possibly... Watching him do this, he could pull off a Lex Luthor. Oh, easily. Could you picture him, easily. Walter White, as Lex Luthor? There's a guy who could come across as just the businessman, mm-hmm. straight legit, and then he could get scary... Fast. Well, it's a it's a good mix of goofy when he needs to be, and right. then turn it on to serious, deadly serious. Oh yeah, at the drop of a hat. So, so seriously, yeah. if you haven't started watching that yet, it's on Netflix, people. And if you haven't started watching it from the six weeks we've been yapping about it, that is like the best show on TV. Although, I did watch something else what the other day. Fox just aired the show Sleepy Hollow. Okay, that pilot was pretty cool. They've been advertising like crazy. Was it was good? Yeah the uh, the guy who wrote it is Len Weissman, who's uh, I think it's Weissman is his name. 
He's the guy who wrote the Underworld series, the movies. Oh, okay. In fact, if you saw the Pretty first pedigree, if you saw the first Underworld, there was I think he was one of the werewolves. Hmm. Really, really thick, muscly black guy. Yeah, got yeah, a voice yeah. like that. Yeah, that's him. That's him. He wrote Underworld. He wrote it. Hmm. In fact, if you watch Face Off, the show about the makeup on Sci Fi Channel, people yeah. doing this. Yeah, he was a guest host, huh. judging the makeups and stuff because he's. Was there promoting oh, Sleepy Hollow? Cool. Ichabod Crane. Well, you see this. There's a battle going on during mm-hmm. like the Civil War. Not Civil War. The uh, Revolution. Revolution. Okay. Guy comes up. It's obviously going to be the Headless Horseman. There's a guy fighting with him. You know, tough, handsome. Right. Shoots him. He falls down. Sits back up. Comes at him. Swings the axe. Hits him against the chest. The guy cuts his head off. They both fall down. Next thing you know, the guy wakes up, and it's like 200 years later. Basic plot, just idea so that you might want, if you're interested, doing one of those nice twists on a classic story. He is Ichabod Crane, which is from The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. He's not just the headless horseman. The reason he's walking around without a head is because he's not human. Okay. He's a demon. Okay. He's death. He came riding in on a big white horse. Mm-hmm. He's the first of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh. And Ichabod Crane, after he cut the head off, they got the head in one place and they buried him. He was basically in Salem. You know, they yeah. had the witch hunts. Around this area in the Civil War, you find out George Washington apparently knew that something bad was happening. And he, he told Ichabod at one point that... Um, because he was working under George Washington, mm-hmm. that they were fighting for more than the freedom of a country. They were fighting for the lives of every person on the, in the world. Mm-hmm. That there's different, these two different covens of witches that formed around Only that the area. Americans can do that. Well, of course. Fight, fight America, for the world. Yeah, sure. Don't forget, it's the best scene out of Independence Day. Oh, You're sitting yeah. in England. It's the Americans. <laughs> About bloody time. How are they going to save us? What a conceited little bit of film that, know, right? that part yeah. was. <laughs> Uh, you know, I never realized it until I went back and looked at it and said, oh, my God, that is so... Patriotic. Yep. Yeah. But uh, they broke into two covens, the evil witches and the good mm-hmm. witches. And basically, they're trying... And, and he wakes up with this Bible attachment with some markings in it, and it's the book of Revelation. Mm. And so he's like the first witness, and there's another witness, and they're going to go through a seven-year trial where they're either going to stop the four horsemen from getting released... Or not. The, the so, world ends. But basically, you've got, and it, you know, he wrote it, you know, seven seasons is like guaranteed for, you can get into syndication when you hit seven oh, seasons. Okay. All right. Seven. So he's, he's gunning for seven then. Oh, uh, I mean, you, you write a, you write a show that you got a seven years of mm-hmm. tribulation from the book of Revelations. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously got the story laid out. out. And, you, a, and you liked it? It was good? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a pilot. You're was never it like gonna... serious? It looks like like really serious, kind of gothic. Well, it is. It and it takes place in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, you know, there's a whole city has sprung up around it now. Okay, and of course he wakes up and they got him hooked up to a lie detector because. So it's mod- It takes place in modern day. Yeah, he wakes up like two hundred years later, huh. and they they explain in the show and stuff why you right, find right, out all right. this stuff, but uh, I mean, basically, I mean, there's great stuff because. The the horseman comes back and kills someone. He's dressed in these old clothes. Mm-hmm. And you look, and Ichabod shows up, and he's dressed in these old clothes. They arrest him. They think it's him. 
he's sitting on a lie detector. They ask him his name, Ichabod Crane. He's like, I work for I work for General Washington. George Washington, do you know him? You know, like, I right, mean, right. he has no idea where, he doesn't know what's going on, and the lie detector's telling that he's totally telling the truth, so you're watching this. Nobody knows what to make of him. They want to put him in the loony bin. Hmm. So it starts off, there's some, there's humor in there, but mm-hmm. it's sort of a dark humor. If, um, if you had to liken it to another show, what would that be? I don't know. Huh. I mean, in, in, in the concept of taking an old tale we're all familiar with and doing sort of a revisionist history, it kind of reminds me of a much darker type of a, uh, almost like a Once Upon a Time, where okay. they take all the fairy tales yeah. and, and tell the backstories. But this is, like, much darker. Mm. It's always at night. I mean, dude, I think about a half dozen people got decapitated in the first episode. Jeez. It's, I mean, it's a violent show. Is it, uh, what, when does it air? Uh, it was on, I think, was it Sunday night? Sunday night, okay. But, uh, I mean, I'll have to check that I out. only saw the cool. first episode, and I was like, okay, I'll definitely watch more. I'll have to check it out. So what about you? Anything else? Uh, in terms of watching? Uh, not really. That's, that's about it for me in terms of watching stuff. I got dragged to Riddick, too. You got dragged? You didn't want to see it? Okay. I, 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 like, I like watching uh, Vin Diesel movies. Yeah. But actually, it's one of those things where I was like, I could have waited for the rental. Because I knew, and I actually said before we went in, I'm like, I'll go because I want to go to the theater right. and go see a movie. But it's going to be Vin Diesel growling and beating the crap out of people. Putting his goggles on. and Exactly. And that, yeah. it was seriously, like, they, they promoted that Carl Urban was in it. Mm. You know, he was in the second movie when Riddick mm. was fighting the whole race. He was in it for a scene. That's it? Yeah. So basically, they tied it with one scene. They tied it to the last movie, mm. dumped him on this, like, you know, death world. Another one. Yeah, and then he's like surviving in the, you know, I mean, there's it's all computer generated around him. Right. I mean, there's literally a part where he gets, uh, you know, at first he gets hunted by this pack of like wild alien dogs, mm-hmm. which are bigger than dogs, but they're, you know, got the pointy ears and they got, they look like tiger striped, but they're obviously dogs more right. than anything else. And he fights one. Then he goes and finds uh, the one dog's been killed. He had a litter of pups. So, of course, he takes one. Rears it to And he raises pet. it and it uh. becomes a pet. And you're sitting there going... Someone's going to kill that damn dog in this movie and sure. piss him oh, off. Yeah. I mean, like, every cliche was in this movie. Uh, that's too bad. But if you like watching Vin Diesel growl and beating the crap out of things, <laughs> it's okay. The first one, Pitch Black, was great. It was a good movie. And the second one was just long. That was the second one the with Chronicles that, that of armies, the, the armies that came and invaded that planet? Yeah, the Necro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that was the one that Carl Urban was in. Was he? Okay. Yeah, he was, the, he was like the, the second in command, The you know. Okay. So and I've then, only saw it once. Yeah, because well, that's we've seen right. Pitch Black a bunch of times. You saw that one once, and then uh, yeah, Judy Dench wishes we hadn't seen it at all. Remember, she was in that. <laughs> yeah, um, and then uh, yeah, this one. I mean, it was just it tried to get back to those, but you know, basically, Vin Diesel got to do this because he loves the character, mm-hmm. and he made a lot of money doing Fast and Furious movies. Sure, so he got to call some shots. He got his movie made. He's doing it for fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's if you want to watch some eye candy and chew some popcorn, go ahead. If you're looking for anything more than that, yeah, 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 skip it. <laughs> if you are looking for more than that, Master and Commander, um, I think you will enjoy it. I'm definitely going to watch it. So why don't we get on to some hobbying? What did you do? Hobbying? You've done uh, a ton, I've I done bet. quite a bit. I mean, it's been all high elves all the time for me, uh, ordering just a ton of the Shadow Warrior helmets and putting that on Where just about everything. Where do you get everything. them from? 
I I got thirty of them from a local trade. Okay. For an Island of Blood Griffin, so I was fortunate enough for that. Otherwise, I've been buying them as needed on eBay, and they're not too expensive. A batch of ten will run. How much would you guess a batch of ten is? I don't know, five bucks. About, about twelve ships. Oh, okay. So it's not too bad. But I think people out there are starting to order them more and more. I say, yeah. So, it's so the prices are starting to. Have you tried hoard a bits? I don't know how much they. That's that's one of the sources that I look at. You know? When I look for stuff, that's what I do because when you get mm-hmm. these double kits, it's you can al- get the other half. The, the part that's missing, you know, right. the, the universal part. That's always the most expensive part in the kit. Sure. But if you're willing to pay it, then you don't have a lot of leftover. You don't have to buy bits. another kit. It's cheaper than a brand new kit. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. That's um, yeah. I've did a bunch of that with my. Uh, Heck, no, not hex race. My um, ghouls and mm. vargeists. Oh, yeah, yeah. The monstrous infantry stuff. Yeah, sure. Crypt horrors and vargeists, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what else? So, that I, I ordered a Forge World Eldar avatar. You did. Courtesy of Greg Dan. That's on its way. Nice. Uh, that, I'm going to use that as part of my display board to kind of set up the whole uh, followers of Kane type mythos. Okay. To really set the tone for this army. Because, yeah, they're high elves, but I want them to be very warlike. And they're on the path of Cain to fight off the demon incursion. They're all aggressive. That's right. This is pre-sundering, so they are still... Right. This is this is the time we were talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. This is the time of Venerian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Followers of Venerian, so they're, they're they're on the path of war. They're all serious. All all business. So that, that avatar, it's essentially the same deity, right? And using the Eldar avatar... Brings that nice 40k bit mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. two separate worlds. You know, we've got mind. a whole bunch of emails that point out times that were different. I see, I don't, Dude, I don't even like that. Second edition Talisman. Mm-hmm. They had the sets, and then you could buy the set for the for the dungeon, mm-hmm. and you could buy the set for the city. And I remember one time my buddy Tom came over, and he had the warp gate, and you went to a certain spot, and you jump, and that was you actually had a space marine. Figuring stuff yeah, like that, I, I I get that because it links the two universes and that part is cool. I just don't like the idea of you have this huge fantasy world and you're sending up all this immense tapestry of fiction that can all be summarily wiped out if a dreadnought lands on the planet or a titan or but, even one space marine. And, but yeah, I, I but it 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 won't. I know it won't. But I don't know how comforting it, that is. It's, it's you know acknowledge it, but it's never going to happen. So don't worry. I don't know how much comfort that offers me. You know uh, what it's I mean? Just through hearing, oh, don't wor- don't worry, it's never nothing's going to happen. It'd be like if the like the Lord of the Rings, the ring isn't like a, a a mystical ring; it's a piece of technology. Wouldn't that isn't that kind of a letdown? Yeah, I guess. But that's but the ring was a big focal center point of everything. Whereas right. here, none of the stuff we've heard about is any sort of a focal center point. It's just. Oh look! And in the middle of all this other crap, well, what's that there? And they just—that's that's a nod and a wink from the game writers and stuff. Yeah. Saying, I, oh hey. Yeah, I, I've not read a lot of forty k fluff, so I'm going to claim ignorance by not reading it. <laughs> so in my mind, there is no connection. It doesn't happen. I just, I just, I couldn't help but poke a little. Just, I couldn't help but take this poke of the so stick. I'm at using, you. I'm u- you're doing a lot of poking. Hey, <laughs> it's not your father's cracking. That's right. I'm using the Eldar avatar because it resembles what I feel the Cain deity would be, how it would be represented. Yeah, that's no, just coincidence. It's and it, I bet you it's going to look really cool. So your stuff's been really good. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting to the painting phase. I'm almost done with the modeling, converting phase, and I will say, 
working on the army as a whole is so satisfying rather than unit by unit where it's kind of piecemeal. Okay. But kind of setting the stage and doing it with your vision in your mind from the beginning. Well, because you're like converting pretty much almost every model. My mission is to have every model converted. See, this is like a Johnny and Raj type project. Yes. This is like, okay, great to bring up for the hobby episode. My mind, that's like the pinnacle of hobby. Mm. When every single model is getting some sort of a conversion. When you are you are putting your personal touch, touch. on every... You're not just building what GW paints it. Mm-hmm. By, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hell, I do that. Mm-hmm. I, don't I, have I, I have done that for a long time. Right. But, you know, it's kind of... Um, Seeing the other hobbyists out there, yeah, it, it, even on Twitter or Listening whatever, to Wayne in Kemp. yeah, it, it serves as an inspiration. You know, it kind of opens your mind up to see, so you can see what's what else is possible. Yeah, and then to have all that wrapped up and be pushed by a suitable angle in terms of a fluff is really driving this whole thing forward. Right, and you actually took it to another level by making something that was going to fit. Two armies. Mm. That's just kind of convenience. You know, if I can work th- work it that way, and it, um, and opponents are okay with it, and the painting scores hold up, I'm I'm hoping that that will work out. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna say you're my hobby hero. Well, no, I, but as far as I mean, I know people who, you know, they can paint an army in a day, and I'm not I'm not just mm. talking about like what Donovan said, mm. but I mean, you know, you look at Grant. Grant will sit down and you know, hey, look, I cranked oh, out crank about it out. I cranked out about five hundred points of the you know my my chaos dwarfs last night. Mm-hmm. Well, damn, you know, yeah, he's got it down to a science. And uh, you know, some people paint this, paint that. Some people take longer, just shorter. And you've always had a since I've known you a high quality of painting standard. Mm. And to, I mean, I'm just I'm watching this in amazement. Well, just I, watching I think... the standard you've set for yourself is really high. Like you've really. You've been saying for a while you want to do something special. You want to take your hobby mm-hmm. to the next level. Mm-hmm. And watching this standard you set for yourself, I mean, this is really, this is that that top sort of. It has the potential. Yeah. I'm not there yet, but, uh, you know, I, I like where I'm headed, so we'll see where it but goes. But I could even see you working up to it and, like, sort of setting the stage and practicing with your orcs and goblins, mm-hmm. converting up the little things, swaps and changes for the chariots. Yeah. Adding the adding the ropes and the little chains on the yeah, yeah, yeah. on the uh, on the tack, the rigging for the, on the chariot, yeah. yeah, just all the you know small, comp you know or small or large, complex or simple, mm. different conversions. But you're working it, trying your hand, seeing how it turns out, mm-hmm. and now you've turned your sights to an entire conversion army, which are the ones that really get people's eyes because because they stand out. It's not. Yeah. You walk, oh, what's this? And it's like, wow, that's something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And if you pull it off well, I mean, lots of people do it and pull it off to varying degrees. Right. So I'm, I'm taking it one step at a time. You know, the luxury is I don't have to rush it. And my goal is to have it ready for Wapaka, which is, what, four or five months away? Yeah. So I have time. I have a, a finished high-off army already, as it is, uh, which is tabletop. I will say it's tabletop. Um and feelable, so parts of it are more than tabletop. Parts I mean, of it, parts of it. You uh, well, well I mean, oh, thank you for saying that. I mean, come on. Well, at, at Adepticon, you got players' choice a couple years ago with uh, it. Uh, you got players' choice a couple years ago yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so it's not. I mean, it's more, a little more than tabletop. My, my goal is to take it as a whole, and really, like when people look at it, say, "Wow, what's this army about?" And then we read the fluff and say, "Wow, that really you've captured fits. that." Essence. Yeah, it captures. It captures it. And once again, it's a theme that I think a lot of people have talked about mm. because it's. I don't want to say it's an obvious one, but especially for people, if you want to, oh look, I I can do. It's it's an. If you, if you want to, the path to it is is easy. I mean, Phoenix Guard as Blackguard, right? Swordmasters as Executioners, but it's whatever. Just, I've never seen it done really well. There are, there, you know, on the Ulthuan forums. Not, there not are, on the Ulthuan forums. So there, yeah, there are a handful of Dark Elf High Elf armies on there that are actually pretty good. Okay. Um. So, so we'll see where this leads. Right. Um. So looking forward to. It. So yeah, that's been my hobby. You know, one of the things. When I at Pure Hammer, I was playing Tup and telling him my idea. He was like, "Oh, when the new Dark Elf book comes out, you can you can play Malekith. You can use him. It totally fits." And I never it never occurred to me before he said that that oh I I could use legitimately use Malekith. Yeah, he's like you cheesy kid. <laughs> uh, he's like nine hundred points at the moment on his dragon. Yeah, well we'll see. You, know, you we'll want to put him on a dragon anyway because two cannons will take him that. off. Yeah. <laughs> Win at all costs, right? Right. You hobby wrecker, you hobby wrecker. That's it. But uh, so yeah, we'll see what the new book brings. We're looking forward to that. Um, and that's so. Do you have at least? Hobby. Do you have at least all? Do you have everything purchased that you need for the army, or do you have at least? Good question. Yes, I okay. do have everything purchased. Not everything is assembled. The way I'm doing it is I have my kind of temporary display board out with the unit footprints in terms of their movement trays. So I know which pieces have yet to be filled. Okay. And everything is pretty much assembled for 2,000 points for, for Wapaka, except for five Dragon Princes. But I still need to decide, do I swap out the Dragon Prince helmets for the Shadow Warrior helmets? I'm leaning towards yes, but that's an expensive commitment once it's made. You know what I mean? Yeah. How many do you need? Ten. It's expensive. Well, two boxes of Dragon Princes... Oh, oh, that's you, yeah. what sixty bucks plus two sets of helmets. That's another well, one set. That's another twelve bucks. But I mean, the, the swapping the heads isn't the expensive part. No, it's, but if I if I glue them on and I don't like them, then I've got to rip them off. So, that's true. I guess it's not expensive. It's just a, more of a just put put a little tiny glue right, on right, it right, first. Yeah, yeah. So if you got to bust it off, it won't it won't ruin it. Well, I'll probably pin it, and if I don't like it, yeah. just pull Pop it off. Out. You can, I mean, and I don't know because don't they got those little dragony wing things on their helmets? Yeah, yeah. Is there any way you think you might be able to attach those to the sil- to the shadow? Mm, not without doing helmets? significant damage because it's molded. The wings on the sides of the helmets are molded on there. Oh. Without you know, it's without any lines. It's a smooth oh, gradation. Oh, I see. So it'd be tough to. You'd have to kind of cut there. them off and then green stuff in right, a real smooth right. edge. And that's maybe you know. I'll look into that. I never considered talk it. talk to Aaron Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. But I I did put one helmet on a dragon prince and it looked pretty good. I think I tweeted pics. I don't know if you saw or posted I pics. Don't recall. I'll be honest with you. Uh, if you look at my thread, I I did okay. one, and um, it, it's growing. I mean, it's it looks. Very dark elf. If everyone in the army has them, and those It'll guys fit. don't, they'll look off. That's a yes, concern. That's a big point. To but have. if they've got all that flashy dragon prince armor, mm. like I said, talk to Aaron. You may want to just maybe get those wings on the side. 
Maybe. Same helmets, but that one thing that ties them into their own unit right. while still keeps them to the aesthetic of the Army. Right. Look at me telling you. What the hell do I know? I paint them to look like the damn pictures. No, in the no, book. it's a valid point. I, I think I do. That having the helmets across the board will make for a ni- very nice, uh, consistent look. Oh yeah. So I think that's a big reason to to do it. So we'll see. Sure, sure. Uh, not me, but some people have actually. You know, we've got still got our hobby commitment that we started back in uh, yeah, January, yeah, February, yeah. two thousand points. Some people have finished. Wow. Hell, I should have finished by now. I've only got like nine models left. I didn't realize how much nine? I actually painted. You should be painting while we're talking. I got to paint my last four Vargeists and my Blood Knights, and I'm done. Okay. Because I painted so many damn skeletons and a bunch of characters mm-hmm. and the other Vargeists. I'm actually, whoa, well, I'm actually closer than I thought. I like went and looked at the list and said, oh, my goodness. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, no, I haven't been it'd be between everything going on. In real life, uh, all I got to do is I magnetized a lot <laughs> of v- uh, VC models. That is a lot. I mean, every every zombie's now magnetized. Congratulations. Um, That's no small feat. Yeah, it took a little while. Uh, most of the skeletons are magnetized. I got to be honest. That must have been driving you nuts. Nah, you know, no? it's just... I was sitting here watching, watching TV, and yeah. what I did was... Because it's those mantic bases on a lot mm-hmm. of them, what I did was I measured the measured the uh, you know or just I drilled into the base until the magnet fit flush. Then I stuck the drill back in, got a silver sharpie, and sharpied up the whole edge because it had to be like an eighth inch bit because that's the width of the of the silver magnet. sharpie or a black sharpie. No, because it's a black bit. Oh, okay. So the, the bit on the drill is black. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I took a silver Sharpie, stuck the drill into the hole that I had already mm-hmm. measured, and, and then put silver all on oh, the so edge you of it. See so the as depth. I'm drilling, the second I don't see black anymore, you stop. I hit that. I hit it, and I stop. So and I did. You have a drill small enough for that gauge? It's an eighth inch. It's an eighth inch. Okay. Eighth inch wide actually seems. Yeah, that, that's kind of standard. There's yeah. one sitting right next to your foot there on the floor because oh, my kids knock was, stuff over. I didn't realize it was eighth inch. I thought you were talking more like pin vice. Well, size. I use a pin vice. I just flip it over to the other side, and it's a little bit wider. And I got it in there. It feels really stupid when you're sitting there. It's, it's over here somewhere. Okay. But uh, is, is there a drill that you can use for pin vice sized stuff? Yeah, I mean, you could get a regular small one. Of, uh, the, the McClure uses it. It's like a Walmart oh, drill. You get it for yeah, fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just sit here with it by hand. It's cheat, 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 cheat. I think I might have to get one of those drills. But uh, so I, I did. I said I'm not gonna have time to paint. I just I don't have the time to do it. I could barely get the stuff done I need to do. But while I'm watching TV, I will drill those bases. Mm-hmm. After I drilled a couple hundred bases, then I sat down and I said, okay, stick a stick a you know stick drop a glue in, stick the magnet in. Right. Just wipe the get the, wipe my thumb off on the paper towel. Right. Wipe the edge. Boom. Next one. Boom, Assembly next line. One. Yeah, I just went through and did it. Now let me let me ask you something. With uh, Wapaka coming up, and that tournament being a very hobby focused, fluff focused type tournament, have you given any thought to your fluff? Well, we got to write fluff, don't we? Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's still a number of months out. Yeah. No. I mean, I'll I'll come up with something. Okay. I was walking through the forest. I needed some blood. I found, <laughs> found two terrorgeists and went to war. Yeah. Found two t- <laughs> no, actually, um, and my list is pretty much going to be, I think, going to be my uh, Invasion Kenosha list, 
which is oh, not, it's very different. It's it's not a it's not a hard list really in my opinion either. That was it's, with the Blood Knights, yeah. Right, that's okay. why I got to paint them. They're yeah, part yeah. of the list that I had mm-hmm. to get painted for the hobby commitment challenge, and I'm gonna paint them up. They're gonna be the ones I'm gonna try to do really nice. I'm you know I'm going to Paca right now for the experience. Mm. Um, I know I'm gonna bring my army in there, and I'm gonna get some pretty crappy paint scores. You don't you don't know that. Compared to I mean I I've heard enough about how harsh it is. Um, I am working on figuring out a display board. Actually, I don't know if you saw, but the painting score, they want you to judge your own paint score. And then and then uh, there's a, a number of scores at the bottom where it, it is judge scored. Okay. So so they kind of compare to what you did? Well, they're, di- they're different. But like the higher end, like fine detail stuff, uh-huh. uh, you know, shading with no... Uh, Apparent note, note you, where you can't tell where the colors are, are gradated, good, gradated. Good blending and stuff yeah, like good that. Good blending, yeah. So, but they want you to judge your own paint. Okay, you know, I do that with my students with the rubrics. Mm. I give them a rubric and say, you get so many points for these things, do you have it? Mm-hmm. So I tell them, when they turn it in, they have to grade themselves. Mm-hmm. And they always think, well, I just give myself an A. No, 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 grade <laughs> yourself, because I'm going to go in and grade it too. Right. And if any of these grades we are way off on between each other, that's what I come back to you and say, what am I missing? Or right. what do you think you know that you obviously have no grasp of the situation? Right, right, right. And, you know, you could use it that way, too. That really, I mean, granted, it's more going to be more work for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they always have done that. No, it's it's something new. This is the first time I think they've done that. But there there's an opportunity, too, to come back and be like, dude, you gave yourself a, a perfect score on this. Right. It, you're not. What about this? Then no. you, if, if, if they're actually using it for that purpose... Then you got nobody walking away going, I got screwed on my paint score. I think that's why they did that. And that's a really great thing. Plus, honestly, I grade it, and then I got Johnny coming back and saying, Mm -hmm. dude, you grade yourself too harshly, or dude, you grade yourself too good. Look, here, here, and here is Mm -hmm. where, you know. If I I got a chance to to chat with guys who are winning painting, best painted awards every time they show up at a tournament. You know that's an actually a great point. You should totally do that. And and I get that opportunity. If 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 just for that, that's that's a great thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're really going to do idea. that because now I'm sitting here saying now they got to you know. Well, it, but there's the point is when you as you're looking at your army in the months weeks heading up to the event, you know, look at that painting checklist and really grade yourself hard because you know they're they're going to be if they are scoring, they're going to be scoring pretty hard too. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad bit of advice. But yeah, so basically, you know, I'm trying to keep doing stuff, even though I'm not doing a lot of uh, painting or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just been busy, busy. Sure. I still haven't gotten the stuff that I've got, the armies that I wanted to put up on eBay. I haven't been able to get them even photographed and up uh, just because I've been busy. And seriously, a week sick, I just put myself behind another week. So good luck. Oh, uh, yeah. Illness is never fun to deal with. Right. No kidding. But, so uh, uh, you know we should definitely play you with against each other or against Grant whoever gets some more games in. I'm right itching to play some games. We did have a game, you and I. The, since we re- since we talked on the on the toolbox, yeah, we did. Was that the other three thousand point the yeah. rematch, the VC high elf rematch? Yeah, where I lost okay. again. That wasn't well, much of a but rematch. that was very close though. I think that one. Well, that was because you you did something you would <laughs> never have done just to see what happens. Well, I did. I charge your VC bus, or did you? I let you charge me. I think you charged. I charged me, you. The point is, you said there was no. You would have. You would have gone. Normally, and, I wouldn't. I I I could either charge the rear of your horde of ghouls, 
or I could charge headlong into the face of your vampire night boss. Yeah. You know, on paper, it's an easy Which choice. Which is funny because I took the, and I did the whole, you know, five characters. Right. You know, put them all in there. And it was funny because I was trying to save on points. So I had mm-hmm. the tooled up general. Mm-hmm. I had the necromancer sitting in the back. And then I had four vampires with two up armor saves and lances. Mm. Just, I like put them on the, on the, on the horses and gave them lances. Figured yep. on the charge, they get a good hit. Other than that, they're still strength five. Still pretty good. Let them go at it. Yep. And I remember pulling up into your Banner of the World Dragon. I'm like, no, they don't have magical attacks. And you're like, play in the army. <laughs> and I stopped. And like, seriously, if this was a cartoon, the little light bulb would have popped in over my head because I never thought about that. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, crap. My general's useless now. It's like, oh. Yeah, but then there's four or five other vampires I got to worry about. Yeah, still, but they still. still tough. But then again, a strength five against two up armor saves. Oh, you're still going to knock off a couple. Yeah, they weren't doing enough. That was, I uh, did. What lore was I using? I was using high lore. You were losing, yeah, yeah, high, yeah. You, uh, high magic. Um, I did better than last time. Yeah, it was a very close game. I think it was a 150 point difference or something. Yeah, last like that. time I got pounded on. This time I brought the black coach. Mm and a couple other things. Well, you brought the black coach last time too. Yeah, I did, didn't I? I like, you know, I'm liking the black coach uh, yeah, one more every time I bring it. Yeah. It it does it it does well and it's a pain for you to take out and it 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 draws a lot of fire a from you. A lot of times I'm just like, you know what? The black coach is too tough to kill. I'm just going to let it go wherever it wants to go. And so it winds up running in the backfield and chewing up a lot of chaff. Right. And it's like, "Oh, well, you spent $200 in rare choices." I don't take a lot of rare choices in my Vampire Counts army. You don't take Most the Most of it's in the specials because yeah. I'm not playing two Terrorgeists. And so, hey, throw that black coach in there. And if he chews up four or 500 points of chaff and he's getting the, you know, both throwers are shooting at him, trying to kill him. Right, then he's drawing a lot of attention. He's drawing attention and he's making his points back. That's a, hey, sure. works. That's a win. Yeah. And he did. He powered up fast, too. Yeah. In my first magic phase, I had like 11 dice and I rolled it up. I'm like... Oh, I got everything but fly. I, yeah, I don't like that thing. Oh. So that was a 3,000-point game practice for Screw City. I will say that 3,000 points is, I think, the most fun. Not necessarily bigger is better, but I feel like at 3,000 points, both you and your opponent can get everything that you want. That's true. And that, to me, makes it for a fun engagement. Especially with that damn high elf army, because you can get your... Banner of the World Dragon Night well, Bus. If you choose to go that route. And your couple of Frost Hard Phoenixes. If you choose to go that route. But again, whatever army you play, you can get double Terror Geist or you know, whatever you fancy. That may have to be the next time if we play that again. I may have to try to scream the crap out of you. Because that scream is not magical, I don't think, is it? I, I want to say that it is. Oh, it is? Great, so I still got nothing <laughs> to take care of that stupid bus. Well, the last game you were only short 150 points. Still didn't take out that bus. Well, the bus is a hard thing to take out. I have uh, actually a pure hand. I've never lost it. It's been broken once at Pure Hammer. And the way he did it was he cast Doom and Darkness. Mm-hmm. So it was, I was minus three leadership. Who's over here? Not there. Who's over here? Yeah, oh, Chris Walker. Oh, that's right. He cast Doom and Darkness on my on my bus and one through static combat res or whatever and I was making break checks at a re-rollable seven. Oh wow. So that's how he, he broke me. Didn't run me down thankfully but uh, he did break it. Yeah, and a Chris Walker came over that day and he wound up he was playing Harrison mm-hmm. Yep. and then 
By the time they finished up, our game was taking a while. He he stuck around to watch it because it yeah. was just there was so much going on in that yep. table, and uh, I had uh, I had rigged up a I did the where I caused uh, I did minus one dear leadership mm-hmm. fear incarnate, and then I had the screaming banner. So you uh, mm. you rolled your fear checks with an extra die and discarded the lowest. Yeah. You made me fail a fear check twice. Yeah, and you never fail your damn fear checks when we play. And like, I didn't know if it was worth it with all the different armies that are immune to psychology. Well, in, in our matchup, it's certainly worth it. And I remember saying there's other things you could do, and Chris was even like, I would go farther than that, man. He goes, I would take a guy with some death magic, mm. try to get off where you can drop your... Leadership by three. Yeah, drop your leadership yep. by three. You get that plus the negative one you've already got. Yeah, with oh, the that'd be le- huge. Yeah, minus four... Plus that. Oh, and then um, they had that banner. And then I had the, what was the other rule I had? Oh, I'm trying to think of what it was. I think it might have been on, was it a, I don't know if it's a banner. I can't remember, guys. I'm really medicated. But there's the other thing that allows you to uh, negate the other person's BSB. Okay. So it says uh, if you pass a fear check, you have to re-roll it. If you're within range of the BSB. They just cancel each other, so if he passes, he doesn't have to. Right. But if he fails, he doesn't get his reroll. Okay, right. You know, you got that on there, so you only get one shot at it, minus potentially minus four to your leadership. Then that's pretty good. That's a good combo. On, on fear checks. Yeah. So you're going to fail your fear checks. And when you failed those fear checks and you were hitting oh, my guys changes. on fives. Yeah. And then that changes everything, too, because suddenly my Black Knights, who are running with the... Uh, the Banner of the Barrows? The Banner of the Barrows. That's right. They had the Banner of the Barrows, and my and BSB had the Screaming sixes. Banner, yeah. So now they're, you're hitting... Well, no, the Banner of the Barrows makes me hit at a plus one. Oh, okay. So you're hitting on fives. I'm hitting you on twos. Hmm. I get off of Van Hells. I'm using re-rollable twos. That's right, better than right. ASF for the Isles. Nope. And uh, the only thing that failed me the whole game again, that damn killing blow. Didn't come up for you. I'm rolling sixes left and right, except when I'm trying to wound with guys with killing blow. Well, they'll come back around for you, though. And you still get the ward save. You do. Yeah. And the only time that it, the one round where they came up a bunch was when you'd managed to get off a couple of spells. You had like a four up ward mm-hmm. because of the high elf the high uh, floor. Yeah. Floor. So it was a pain in the butt. That but unit you, is you did kill your brutal. first frost heart. Yes, that it was a. Personal victory there. That was a great personal victory. Frostheart Phoenix died. I never killed one of those things. That's just stupid. That thing. I lose them on a regular basis. Not to me. You they, don't. They die like flies. So, but that was a fun game. That was a that really was. good game. That was. I, I think uh, Lore of Life. I'm going to try that going forward. Uh, Lore of Shadow is always good with the Dragon Prince's high amount of attacks. So Lore of Life, you start putting those Dragon Princes back. Right. If they. Get, oh, that's so stupid. That is increase their toughness. I mean, you know, at Pure Hammer, I was playing Ryan Nickel. Yeah. This is the dream matchup for me, even though I lost the game. His demons against my high elves. Oh, jeez. I had a um, a bloodthirster in the flank of my bus, six blood crushers with a character in the front, and then flanked by a unit of ten blood letters. And, you know, my two-up ward save. I had Throne of Vines and uh, Flesh to Stone, so I'm toughness eight. And a two-up armor save. So it was pretty good. <laughs> Did you lose any models? I uh, lost a couple here and there, but eventually managed to kill his bloodthirster, which was a great personal victory. You know what drives me nuts is I told you about all these times where I get that attack 
You know, like when I'm driving that 10, 10 model mm. night, you know, 10 nights, yeah. the black nights, I go riding them in, and I stopped using them because someone would throw some magic, and it's like, oh, anything but a one, and I lose like four <laughs> right. of them. Dude, you're anything but a one? Yeah, no ones. Anything but a one? Yeah, yeah. No ones. I just like, come on, that's give me a couple. That's why you roll couple. the dice. Yeah, I got to roll better. I, that's you my do problem. You do try harder. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So <laughs> I got to, I got to think more happy thoughts when you gotta I'm rolling. Got to practice more die rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do in my spare time. Now when I'm watching TV, I'll practice die rolling. <laughs> That'll be it. All right. So hey, listen. Let's take a break. Come back. We got one little thing to talk about, and then we'll bring on Grant. All right. All right, I win the combat by four, so you lose four more zombies, and I'll roll for my combat bonus. Full house, jacks over nines. That's plus one weapon skill for our hero level character until the end of this game. What? Plus one weapon skill, mark it down. Are those my square shooter dice? Yeah, they are. Now plus one weapon skill, mark it down, David. Wait, why are we rolling up poker hands with the square shooter dice in the middle of the game? Because if we use the dice to play war, that'd be too predictable. <laughs> no, wait. No, seriously. What is with the rolling poker hands after combat? Well, the last commercial you did for Square Shooters, I went to forum.squareshooters.com and checked out their contest. I can use the dice to invent my own game or a game within a game or a bolt-on. And since you were trying out new stuff for the campaign rules, I figured we'd try this out. Oh, so this is something we could use in the campaign. So... You're adding dice rolls to the end of the combat, and if certain hands come up, you get a bonus? Or a penalty, or they might not just do anything for you. Fate is often cold and uncaring, you know. <laughs> Plus one weapon skill. Mark it down. Mark it down. You know what I'm wondering is what the listeners are going to come up with when they find out that all the different prizes you can get. I mean, including the limited publishing of the winning idea. That's awesome. I know. So I'm trying my hand. Even though you and I can't win. Even though we can't win. All right, well, I tell you what, okay, give me a copy of the list explaining what hands do what. All right, here you go. Hey, everything listed on mine's a penalty. Let me see yours. Hey, everything on yours is a bonus. You noticed that, huh? I mean, what? I haven't worked out all the details in the dice mechanics yet, then uh, plus one weapon still? Plus one, um, give me a break. Square Shooters Dice Game. Check them out at squareshooters.com. All right, we are back. And um, before we bring on Grant to talk about Pure Hammer, because you guys went to do the Pure Hammer thing, mm-hmm. and talking about hobby gaming, this was just like the epitome of it. I'm so excited sure. to talk about it. Um, we got a little listener mailbag going on. Okay. Um, we got a lot of stuff about people, like I said, talking about the Lizardmen. And I went to go look it up, and I can't find Uh-oh. all the stuff what, we got. What did we miss? Did we make a mistake? No, talking about like how some of that stuff relates back to the 40K fluff. I, oh, I mentioned it earlier. Okay. But um, we got a few interesting emails. And I usually don't read a lot of them on the air, but mm-hmm. there was one from, I, I think it's pronounced Bledden Davies, B-L-E-D-D-Y-N, from the UK. Okay. Uh, and he says, he says uh, he's with you. 
whatever plan they were enacting or orders they were following, so I think you know where we're going with this mm-hmm. one, it's difficult to think of the lizards as good after the new fluff. Genocide is genocide, after all. <laughs> That's true. I still, I still like the fact that G-Dub are being deliberately challenging with the fluff, but I'm 100% with Chris. Keep up the good work, boys, and give my best to the master engineer. So, <laughs> well, that's a good, I, I will that's a good email. I like that. Yeah, Thank that's you. a good email. Um, we got one here that I wanted to put up because I know he posted this stuff on the on the forums, and it, you know sometimes you get a lot of looks but no responses because mm-hmm. I do that sometimes. I look at stuff and I'm like, that's really interesting, but I have nothing to add to the sure, conversation, right. and you kind of feel bad when something sits there with nothing. And I haven't been on the forums in like a week either. I've been so damn sick. Oh, you're recovering. Wednesday, I was well enough. I got up in the middle of the day. I took a shower because I was nasty as hell. I weighed in for, for Fat Hammer. Mm. That's the only post I made. Mm. I was like, yeah, I lost two pounds. No kidding. I've had three pieces of bread in two days. <laughs> so, uh, hey, guys, regular listener, forum lurker, and 25-year hobby veteran. Uh, they did. Uh, do- he did donate to the show. Who's this? Does he give a name? Uh, yeah, Anthony Sarlo. Okay. Um. He posted a few things in Fibber McGee's closet, which is one of the pages on our forums. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's an old, old-time radio program, uh, Fibber okay. McGee and Molly. And if you open Fibber McGee's closet, everyone screams, don't. He, uh, basically, when he cleans up the house, that's where he puts everything. So whenever somebody opens it, all you hear is all this crash and clatter. Okay. All this stuff comes pouring out. Don't ever open the closet. That's where everything is. Gotcha. And so, and that was what I called the page for anything else. Everything else. And uh, he noticed he's had about fifty views on his posts, but no feedback. So he's uh, he wants to plug this book that all it, all the proceeds for the book are going to charity. Mm-hmm. It's called a ha- Attack of the Hippie Zombie. Okay. Attack of the Hippie Zombies. Um. And uh, if we get the chance to see it, what we think of Masters of Luxor, he'd like to know. But basically. He would like to know what we think of the Masters of Luxor, which I hadn't the chance to see it. I I don't know, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent certain. But Anthony emailed us and just said, "Hey, listen, I'm a listener. Gave you a little donation, and uh, thanks, Anthony. You know, to to help out the show. Uh, apparently, he likes After Eleanor as well. But you know, he wanted to plug his book, Attack of the Hippie Zombies. I'm assuming since he said he did a couple of items in Fibber McGee's closet, one of them is Masters of Luxor." And one is attacking the hippie zombies. If anyone's on our forums and you know anything about this or you've seen it, go ahead and respond. But I'm going to plug the attack of the hippie zombie book. You can find the the you can find the thread mm-hmm. under the Fibber McGee's closet. McGee's. Okay, I'll and check if, it out. If the book proceeds are going to charity, you know, hey, if you like zombie stuff, give it a shot. But I at least wanted to get it out there. Since hippie zombies. Them. Yeah, interesting concept. I don't know. What are they vegetarians? That would they make smoke a lot of dope. <laughs> Got no brains, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just eat themselves. <laughs> that would be really bizarre. <laughs> That's cannibalism. Okay, so know. okay now, this last one is kind of interesting. John Doherty, he's a sea worm on our forums. Okay, um, he put up a forum topic and he was asking if you could give a racial perk to a general. Okay. You know, we, you know, we were talking, we, we, this goes back to the campaign that I'm working on, which, by the way, we'll talk about that a little next episode. After feedback from the group, 
I am paring it down from the original thing severely. There will still be some stuff to do on the board because my original idea was to have some board work to have the board mean a little more than the original We're just game. giving feedback. No, I want you guys to play and have a good time. But it's basically going to be an army because some people have a bit of a distance to travel to play. And so it's going to be one game per round. Right. Um, still moving around and picking up terrain. So the board is still going to be important. Um, getting people's terrain is going to be a lot easier. I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying a lot of that stuff. Because really the original intention, and you and Alex both pointed this out, keep it simple. What in here did you really want to do? Hmm. I'm introducing six new things. The experience charts were the things I really wanted. So that I'm keeping, and the rest of the stuff I'm trimming down as much as possible to still keep the idea and the story portion together. But we'll talk about it in detail. In detail next next episode. episode. So what does Sea Worm say? But he's doing... Some stuff too Like And So He basically had gone on our forums And he had said He was looking for a racial perk That could be given to the general For each race So not like an army special rule Because those are literally racial perks mm-hmm. You know Speed of a Syrian or sure. whatever um, But like Your general alone Would get this special perk Because of his race And he'd asked on the forums If people thought about it I couldn't. Th- Here's another one. I didn't respond because I couldn't think of anything. Mm-hmm. But I did tell him, hey, email me and remind me. And I got this back a little while ago. I said, remind me closer to the 10th. But we were doing the Lizard Men. Right. So I, I made, I'm, saved it for now. Um, but he was looking for that. And I thought it would be interesting. I'd like people. And if you if you don't want to look up the, the, the thread, uh, I'll try to look it up, and if I remember to look it up and put a link in the show notes. So it's the idea, so if your general is an orc warlord, he gets some kind of bonus for from being, his yeah, if orkiness. He's, if he's an orc, yes, his orkiness. That's related to... That would fit the fluff. That would, you know, that's a tough one. See, and it's, yeah, it is a tough question. It's not now, as easy as you'd think. Now, and they said you might have additional questions, so he, he thought up some questions that we... Because, you know, like I said, we were talking a campaign. A lot of people have responded and said, hey, your campaign stuff is maybe you want to play a campaign now. Or your campaign is, you know, we're going to try something like that. People have asked if they can take what I put up there and run with it already. Right, sure. And I'm like, oh, man, if people actually, hey, if you're actually playing the campaign with the rules I put up initially, dude, let me know. Let us know. I'd be curious to yeah, see. Yeah, because I'd like to know out. if it's working at all. But he said, will this be a campaign? And he goes, no, this is designed for standalone games. You can just play them with these bonuses, although there's a campaign book in the works. Um, in the campaign book, there will be Siege Warfare rules included, but fair warning, those games will be much longer because of the Siege. Um, it will not just be Storm of Magic rules ramping up the power and spells of the game. Here's their idea. Instead, most armies will have the option of forming a magic circle with their spellcasters, which will buff both the power and the range of their spells. Hmm. So almost like, I guess, maybe like a light coven. Yeah. But different armies will be able to form different... Ma- so huh. they've got that sort of going. Um, and apparently there will be... There are two types of armies played in these battles. The first, as the name might imply, is that great alliance where several loosely affiliated armies come together to fight a single foe. And the second option is the grand army, where one massive force led by a mighty general 
uh, sometimes with a small and subservient Allied army tagging along, which will dominate one side of the board. So you got to have that. Um, this is designed for six by eight tables because okay. it's going to be a bigger game. He says he doesn't think you'll need too much more terrain unless you're concerned about uh, building to more broad terrain features. Uh, don't worry about buildings unless, of course, you want to play the siege game. Um, what about the general's inspiring presence limit? Because it's bigger armies, bigger mm-hmm. table. There's a new phase of the game added to the game called the orders phase, where each unit will test to see if they had heard or seen their general's commands. Hmm. If they fail the test, then their actions will be dictated by a die roll. Ooh. So yeah, so they've got some stuff going so, well, on. How do you do you base that on a leadership test? Dude, you're asking me. It's not my stuff. Huh. But that was the questions he could think of. Uh, I did not. I was gonna. T- he gave me his 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 phone number and his email. I was gonna call him in the beginning of the week, and then guess what happened? You got sick. Well, you really did. I mention that? Yeah. So, um, I know this sounds like way out of left field, but here's someone who's starting their own campaign and is asking for ideas. Mm-hmm. So I will try to find the actual thread on the forum and put a link to it. And if not, I will uh, post up just just. Put it on the on the show thread. Hey, if you can think of a race, something that's fluffy race specific, there'll be a cool bonus to give a certain race's generals. Hmm. And I mean, do whatever. I mean, don't write me a million questions. Well, is it different if it's a wizard or a leader? Write it. If it's wizard specific, say, hey, I don't know if you're looking for wizards. You know, try to. You know, if you're really clever, do a warlord specific, wizard specific, sure. and then a generic. I don't know. But a guy's looking for ideas, you know, and uh, John posts a lot on the forums, so I'd like to help him out, and once again, we're talking some hobby gaming. Here's a guy who's running and trying to come up with some of his own ideas, mm-hmm. do something help different. Help a brother out. Yeah. I mean, if trying to try something different, make it an interesting thing other than just, I know I was saying just playing Warhammer, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's... Not just all tournaments. Here's here's one that I would propose for high elves. Let me think about this. Is that the general gets a one plus save and one plus ward <laughs> no, no, on nothing, top of the banner of the world like dragon? Because we'll call it the cheaty pointy eared bastard <laughs> rule. If if playing against demons, oh, see, so you're making a race specific. So against the yeah, unit. yeah. So this is the time where um, they're trying to control the. Uh, uh, the warp gates and the demons are kind of spilling out. Okay, so you're you're back to the time of an area. Right, right. So if you're if fighting against demons, you can roll three <laughs> dice for Winds of Magic and choose the two you choose. The, okay. So, you know, the High Elves get potentially a more potent magic phase. That's cool. Um, I personally would try to write a rule for my general that I could use against every army. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could do that. You know? Yeah. In challenges against other characters, dwarves but it's get more a, fun, I think, if you do it against specific races. That's my take on it. It is fun, but then suddenly it's maybe one fifteenth of the specific. time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. When playing ogres, right? All pay, of playing chaos dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and the, you know, and it's not even that, but yeah, I you know, once you start making it specific like that, you can get gamey. Mm, I'm just, right. and I'm just saying, you know. Jeez, what army do I always have trouble with? Okay, give me something good against them. Plus Whereas 10 attacks. in general, you know, my dwarf uh, went in a challenge. If the general is in a challenge with another character, 
him and the unity's with. Well, I think they, I think he is, you know, are automatically stubborn, and he's plus one toughness because he's mm-hmm. he, he won't he won't give up. So it becomes something that's only in challenges, but suddenly my dwarf's a little tougher, so he's harder to wound. And they're stubborn, and that unit becomes stubborn. And if you're running a dwarf general, a lord, they're stubborn on a ten. Right. That's a cool thing that I'm automatically, and I think the general already is. So I mean, that might actually, dude. That's how long I've been played. I don't even stubborn. Know the rules maybe they, they become unbreakable. Yeah, something like that. You know, because when I'm when I'm fighting one on one against another character, someone's dying. Ain't right. nobody right. leaving. And when you got that sort of an, you know, to the bitter end. Yeah, that you know that could be cool. Give them something like you know, find something like so, guys. If you can think of anything. And dude, go ahead, pick it for your own army. Uh, that's probably the yeah, easiest. Sure, why not? What do I really? What would really be cool? What would really? Oh my god! You know, and don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> when in a battle, all of my dark elves get tens for all their stats. The general because mind razor all the time. <laughs> mind razor all the time. Jaguar. Wow. <laughs> That's on demand now. It is. It's just so funny. I love it. I seriously, I want to laugh so bad. Someone actually commented on the thing. Facebook. Great, yeah, the great Jaguar sound effect. Yeah. That cracks me up. All right. You know what? Let's uh, let's get Grant, get him on, and then get this going. Sounds good. guys if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model then let me suggest guild painting services they're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commission painter but having the quality and speed of a large studio they build paint and convert miniatures for all game systems they're competitively priced and if you want to talk quality go to guildpainting.com And check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table, but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. And we're back. Garage Hammer talking to a handsome man, Grant Fetter. Grant is on with us via Skype. Grant, what's going on? In the house. Yeah, I, I can't put, well, not in the house, I guess. <laughs> Virtually in the house. Virtually in the house. <laughs> Which is so strange because I literally live 15 minutes from you, but I need every moment to finish this paper I'm working on tonight. So, Talking some Warhammer while doing your homework. Nice. So uh, we've been talking hobby stuff. We've been uh, we had Donovan on from uh, earlier from Guild painting. Guild painting. You know, he was talking about the the you know his his painting stuff, and uh, we've been talking about like how you do and, you know any sort of hobby gaming. And I really wanted Grant. I wanted you to come on because you did uh, Pure Hammer a couple weeks ago, 
and I know you know we had you on the show to promote it, and you did all this, but this is just about the coolest concept I think for like a day of war gaming, like the you know the non tournament sort of tournament day. Um, I mean it it, it brings hobby gaming to like just sort of this whole different the level. Apex. Yeah. Yeah. So great. If you want to talk about Pure Hammer, what it was, how it kind of came into conception. Well, yeah, so I was on the show before, so you probably have regular listeners, and the, the concept was based around Warhammer at its finest, I guess you could call it, or, or Warhammer at its at its roots, so Warhammer straight out of the book, or as out of the book as you can get it, and that's really the concept for the event. Obviously we were doing it as a, a charity event for uh, a fellow war gamer in need, but it, it was really around this event of just getting a bunch of guys together to play some Warhammer, an organized day of Warhammer. That's not just, Hey, a couple of buddies coming over to my house. We're going to organize this. We're going to have lunch. We're going to um, have, you're going to guarantee to get three games. Uh, we're going to play random scenarios right out of the book. Uh, we're going to have a raffle so that everybody has a chance of leaving as a winner. Uh, there weren't even brackets. We didn't even, uh, we didn't even, pit winners against winners it was all luck of the draw or even to keep it at its purest if if somebody really wanted to duke it out with somebody else they could call each other out and it was such a phenomenal day Uh, and i know i've jumped all over the place already uh, so I, i think i'll turn it back to you and let you you know ask me certain questions about the day because there was it was, it was, that's really all it was. was was a great day of Warhammer. Uh, we had 20 people show up, which I think is pretty good for, for around a month of, mm-hmm. of putting it out there. And for a one-day event, I mean, there's a lot of times we struggle to get 10, 10 to 12 people at a one-day event, especially mm-hmm. with such little notice. Right. And, and just putting out there, we're going to do three games of just – unadulterated Warhammer, we're no comp, we're not prepping for anything, we're not... Uh, th- so the only comp I guess you could have is what you had painted. So we, we did we did require it to have painted. And there were even a couple people that, that brought things that they were working on for an c- upcoming tournament. So mm-hmm. it, not everything was done, but it did have to be, you know, kind of a minimum three colors paint on it. So in progress, at least based, and they have something going... Yeah, yeah, okay. and and I had a couple people ask that, and one person even said they couldn't come because of that. And uh, I said, well, you know, we could we could work on it and see. I don't want to exclude anybody, but because the day's really about a celebration of the hobby, and and one of the things that people like doing when they come to an event is playing against painted armies. I mean, that's where you get to showcase your thing. So that that was, uh, uh, you know, if you want to try and call any kind of comp, maybe that was it, that you had to have a, uh, you had to have it painted. You damn Midwest hippies and your yeah. silly, you no comp, but everyone's got to be painted given your soft score nonsense. We don't know how to play Warhammer. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, now, Chris, did you... Were you there? I was there. I, I had so a great I'm, time. I'm the only one who wasn't. We actually were up in the Dells that weekend. Well, we may... I don't know, Grant, if, we're, if you're planning on doing this again next year or at some point in the future. 
Well, I, I think so. Um, I, I don't know how much of a charity event that I will make it. And I, I didn't even want to call it a charity event, really. It, that's just the best way to frame it. It, mm. it was, uh, hey, throw in what you want for lunch. Throw in what you want for the sodas that I provided there. Anything I make, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to pay. I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, anything that we make. volunteer basis. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just throw it all in a big pot, and all of that's gonna uh, go to um, go to our fellow tournament gamers. So um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great day, and I would say one of the biggest things that I, I noticed about the day was we did. So let me take a step back. We did totally random pairings. I, I took uh, Magic the Gathering cards that I had sitting around the house and ripped them in half. So then everybody drew these halves of these Magic cards, and you had to find the person that had the other half of the Magic the Gathering card. And Car- that was cards who you were worth, to- Those cards weren't worth anything, right? Just tell me yeah, that. Yeah, no, they weren't no, worth he was anything. tearing no, up no, Mox Rubies and uh, things like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black Alpha, Lotuses. Yeah. Alpha Black Lotus. Uh, that's it. No, just a bunch of lands and a bunch of different uh, uh, commons from various sets all over. The, you know, and I, people had a lot of fun doing that, walking that, that around yeah, trying to match, match up who their who their opponent was. So, okay, I'm just. I mean, everybody knows me. I like to play. I like to. I just like to play. You know, fun Warhammer stuff. Okay, um, I'm not the win at all costs guy. I'm not the guy who's worried about optimum lists. I'm the guy who likes, this could be cool, here's a neat combo, it may work, it may not, but I'm going to have fun playing it for a while and trying to make it work. So this is kind of something I like. There's no pressure. There's no anything. You know so that we, al- we also did the, every round there was a chance for it to be one of the six scenarios out of the book. Once we pulled a scenario, that was out of the mix. We, we did offer, I tried offering, if anybody wants to, you know, donate extra money, they can throw in an extra bid for their favorite scenario, but nobody did. Everybody just wanted the the luck of the draw for that. So so it was a it was totally random. You could that you had just the same chance of playing Battle Line as he did playing Blood and Glory. I think the the three that we pulled were was Chris remind me. I think it was Dawn Attack, Meeting, meeting engagement. engagement, and Blood and Glory was the third. The Blood one. and Glory. Those were the those were the three that we played. Um, it was. So, so two things I noticed was, A, the pressure was off. I mean, my games were all fun. There was no – here. what you won for winning the game was a raffle ticket or, or two raffle tickets, really. If you drew, you each got one of the raffle tickets. If you lost, you didn't get any raffle tickets. But if you lost your games, you could still buy more raffle tickets for the raffle. So it wasn't like you were really losing out on a bunch if you lost. And and there, there wasn't any uh, – brackets, nobody was moving up, or there was no table one, there was no... God, it does sound like hippies, doesn't it? Just uh, Special Seriously. Olympics, everybody's winning. Now, <laughs> and the, Now, the raffle prizes. The raffle prizes came, if I'm correct, from donations. From the players. Everyone like, brought everybody, Yeah, everybody that attended. There was some good stuff, too. I, I, want, I want Archeon. <laughs> so, everybody brought something for the raffle. So you had... I mean, if everybody brings something... Then there's literally a chance that if it were to work out, you know, amazingly statistically, everybody could have walked out of there with something. Well, you know, and, and everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but but I'm saying some people brought a bunch of stuff. I mean, that's uh, Wisco dice dropped in like oh, like five or six boxes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like uh, talk about. I'm, I guess when you talk about the Warhammer community, 
I'm just thinking, this is like almost like community. Anybody could do this. Anybody could set this up and say, and I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay what Grant did. Grant did it, you know? But it was like, listen, we're going to do this. Everybody bring your stuff. Everybody throw in what you will. The day will, you know, we'll get the day to cover itself. Now, Grant, you, we uh, was at Rockhead Games, right? Rockhead Games, yeah. Kenosha. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah. Great venue. It, I love that store. I've only was there for Invasion Kenosha. And uh, I, t- I got there and I looked at the place and said, what the hell? Because from the outside, like all the windows are boarded up and stuff. You're like, what's yeah, going on? Once you step inside, everybody did the same thing. Everybody you showed up and you're like, the, what? the same thing. You look like in your, you're in, uh, what'd you call it, Chris? Burnt out Detroit. You, yeah, <laughs> like a burnt down Detroit. <laughs> a demilitarized zone, yeah, almost. Well, that's yeah. Detroit. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. And, uh, and you walk inside, you're like, wow. First of all, huge store. Like, got a whole mm-hmm. bunch of stuff in there. Um, all sorts of gaming stuff, all sorts of real comic, comic books, books and, you yeah. know, all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, there's a little gaming area. And then they got the big gaming area upstairs, too. Um, the owner, um, Alan. Alan, is a great guy. Uh, I got to meet him when we were there last yeah, time. He came up and introduced himself. And, uh, and didn't, uh, now, here's part of the key. You talk to Alan, and he lets you guys use the space, right, for free, right? Yep, Am I that's correct? correct. So, you know, rather than find... Some, you know, and I'm not downplaying regular tournaments in nice hotels, you know. I mean, I love going to bits, and it's worth every penny of my well, registration. He, yeah, he, he fronted his space to but he help support his the space event. to help support the event. And he did even more than that. Didn't he talk about a talk about a generous guy? What else? I know he gave other stuff, didn't he, Grant? So he did he did ten percent of the day's take from he donated to the event or to the charity. So, I mean, 10, what a, what a for great his entire day. 10, not 10, just 10% what for his entire day, right. So you could literally go in there, and, and you tell people that, too, who are at the tournament. Yep. I tell, if I'm and there, I'm sure it lets people buy more. I mean, I'm sure it helped him a little bit. But still, I mean, 10%. Uh, I mean, he, he donated around $200. I mean, that, that was great. Yeah, I mean, that is great. Yeah. I mean, you know, you find someone to do this, and you could pick any charity. I mean, maybe you don't have a specific reason. But you're like, listen, we're going to do this, get this, bring it all over. We're all going to have fun. There's, We're not giving her out away trophies for who plays the best. We're not giving away prizes for who paints the best. We're coming to all play Warhammer with the best of what we got, have a great time. And because everybody brought stuff to, to, to for the raffle, everybody donated something. So there was, A, money going to the raffle, which wound up going to the charity, but then, obviously, without all those people donating, there would be no money going. There would, you know, you had a raffle because of all these guys doing that. It just sounds like everything that I have fun with at a tournament. Yeah, made, made in fact, it, yeah. at the end, I, I asked everybody. So we all sat down, got ready for the raffle. I said, "All right, who 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 won all three of their games?" One person raised their hand. That was Johnny Hastings with his new ogres. And uh, I basically said, "All right, everybody, there's your winner." And he's a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody laughed. And that that was it. That was you know the celebration. There were no trophies, no awards, no no anything. It was. Uh, I mean, it, it was such a great time. One of Another thing was that everybody kept asking me about structure. You know, everybody said, "Okay, so so what are we doing now? Are we are we drawing? Are we uh, you know just the the normal things that you are you putting up pairings or or you know all these type of questions? Did you want me to set up here? Is there anything we're doing specific?" There there was really no rules to the day. And at the end of the day, if somebody wanted to, you know, if somebody didn't like meeting engagement and they talked to their opponent and they're like, 
nah, I just want to play, you know, I want to play Watchtower. I want to play, what do you say? They could have done that. We weren't measuring anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, s- same as, you know, people could pick who they wanted to play against. It was just truly a day to get together, organize three games, celebrate the game of Warhammer. And, uh, I mean, I-, I was able to run it. So run this organized event and play in three games. And, you know, nobody had any qualms about it because I really couldn't win anything, you know, other than the raffle, which I had to donate to as well in order to get my tickets. And there's also no scenarios that you could rig since you know the comp and the scenario bits. So you know how to run the scenarios to max out on your points. Because there ain't any. We're playing Warhammer. I don't even know what scenarios we're playing. It's it's really less about the tournament outcome and more about the Warhammer game itself, the six-turn game that you're playing. Right. And I really like that. It really took the pressure off, like you are saying, Grant, from a tournament performance point of view and just, you know, kick it back and rolling some dice. I had I had three phenomenal games. They were they were so good. I mean even even the game that uh that my, my BSB got canned off turn one and then mm-hmm. just went downhill from there for me, you know, going across the board at dwarves against Kenny Law, which you, you couldn't play a better guy than Kenny, but the you know, that one of those games that just starts off really downhill, and uh, if you're in a tournament, you go, oh, great, all right, now I, now I get to, to go down to the bottom dash. tables and right. surf the ranks, you know. No, you, you didn't care. It's like, oh, you know, it was, it was just that much more epic uh, because, oh, sweet, you got a turn one kill. Now yeah. I got to try and, try, you know, try and come back. But uh, I don't know. I, I had so much more fun uh, at doing something like this that was just structured games to play uh, you know and I'll, I'll give my uh, my my hat off to Joe Sloboda who he said if somebody does a day of gaming like this that it would be great and people would come and and they did and it was great and I think everybody really had a lot of fun I, I didn't hear anybody who didn't have a good time when they came well if I gave a, a day of three games of Warhammer I think how could you not have fun you know something else that I thought was interesting is that I thought that people would start ducking out at the end of the day, like, you know, like really? you get to the you third game that? and they realize that, well, you know, if, if, if you get tired, I mean, sometimes three games in a day can be, you know, if you have like a, a stressful second game or something, I mean, you can be worn out mm-hmm. by that third game. Um, so may, I thought maybe some people would need to go or, or, or just, just say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to not play this third game and, and take off. But no, everybody stayed and played till the end of the game and or till the end of the tournament. And it was, uh, ah, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't say enough how, what a great time it was. It was a good time. You know, for me, I, if I know I'm there, if I'm committed for the day to play three games of Warhammer, I'm staying for three games of Warhammer because not often I get you know time away from the kids. I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah, but I know I know. Well, actually, I know one guy in two different tournaments, once at Blood in the Sun, and once at the first core comp I went to, who had a bad couple of first rounds and quit mid third game and oh, walked that's, out. That's directly tournament related, right? He realized exactly. he wasn't going to take overall. So he was having a bad a day and said, forget it, I'm not coming back. We've had this conversation how many times? My rough Adepticon year, the year before last, where I, was, I, wanted, I, I so wanted to quit the second day. I played the second day because I had committed to playing, but I had three such bad games that I just didn't want to. There, it's, it would be like, well, who cares? It doesn't I'm, matter. Yeah. Exactly. There's no pressure. There's all the And it's... You're playing for the joy of the hobby and the game. It's it's a sense of community that I and like I said, like yeah, I was actually going to mention Joe Slavota myself. I said he must have thought this was amazing. You know, an event like this, Grant, I think would be a great kind of 
gateway or introduction for people who have never been to a tournament. Yeah, and and that's something that I'm thinking about doing. If I do it again, I may consider just not requiring a paint or, or doing something with that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to do it bit. because, I mean, I, I want to play against a fully painted army, but if we are using it as, as a gateway mm-hmm. uh, of three, you know, fun games to play, I think... Uh, open it up. Uh, yeah, maybe open it up a little bit more because, I, like I said, I did have at least one person for sure that was like, ah, you know, I, I just can't get my army painted. I'm not, uh, not going to show up. I hear that a lot. A lot of people who play in their basement but don't have the drive to field a, a fully painted army. You know, if you get them into the event, meet, have them play some great games, meet some cool people, and they see kind of the upside of having a full painted army, that might serve as inspiration to have them do that then. Yep, yep. So I think that's, uh, I think you're onto something. I think we should yeah, definitely talk about doing something like that. I think it'd be a good idea. And no doubt, do something again at Rockheads, because that place is great. Yeah, we should definitely do more tournaments there. I mean, they have plenty of tables, free Wi-Fi, uh, TO we brought, table. We brought all the, the bits terrain, but really, he 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 could have fielded oh, pretty yeah. much all the terrain. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's really it. That was Pure Hammer wrapped up. I don't know if you got any other questions for me, or, or uh, you want to talk any more Hammer? No, that's, I mean, as far as Pure Hammer goes, I just, like I said... When we said, when Chris and I had said, let's do something a little hobby related, because I think five of the last six episodes have been army reviews between the High Elves and the Lizard Men. I think we only had one or two episodes between them. And even those were just talking, I mean, it wasn't really hobby related. And after I heard how well Pure Hammer went, I was like, no, we need to talk about this because this is, this is like, what tournaments should be about it really i mean and i'm not saying all i mean obviously not all tournaments should be like this but i'm just saying the i think it captures it encapsulates what we want all of the events to feel like yeah i guess i should take that back i'm claiming medication again <laughs> it's not what all tournament it's not what tournaments should be about i mean the, the, but the, it's what they all should feel like in yes. terms of the camaraderie and the yes the experience that's just and i'm so i mean now granted it was morgan's birthday that Monday, we went up to the Dells for you, you know, know I mean, the weekend. Everyone has stuff going we on. Had Don't worry on. about the fact you I was make just, it. Uh, well, be another one. I really wanted to go, and like two weeks beforehand, Heather's like, "Oh, I got us a great rate. We're going for. We'll be back yeah, like Saturday night." There'll was, be another one. I hope so because and the, and like I said, the great thing about it is, if you, I mean, you could literally pick any charity. Hell, you know, if you're having trouble finding a place, like if you're not from around here, you don't have a Rockhead Games or something like mm-hmm. that by you. Find a place that might be willing to give it. If maybe you pick the chair, let them pick the charity. Hey, if you've got a, a thing you want to, you know, to raise money for, we can do it this way. You let us use the space. We'll get this. Any money raised, we'll go there. I mean, you could actually an important tip. A lot of people said it was they they, they got an easy green light from their wives because it was a charity. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a, it's a good point. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's legit. Yeah, legitimizes. Honey, I, I have to go. I have to do for this. The, think of the children and think of the cause. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds terrible. But, it, yeah. but I mean, it, but it, is it, true. It, it is true. So if anyone out there needs to, you know, get out and, you know, the fact that it's a charity might help, you know, help with that cause. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, like I said, that's, that's why I wanted to talk about this because... It's it's that it's that cool. So I'll just quit repeating myself, <laughs> and I'll let Grant go 
because <laughs> this, is, this is, it's just so cool though, Dave. <laughs> it's it was so, so cool awesome. because it's cool and it's awesome. Wait, did, did you want to talk about it? Or? Awesome, awesome. It's cool, awesome, awesome. I got you. Cool, cool. <laughs> and I think it was the fact that that we could get a bunch of buddies together that we only see at tournaments. Uh, I mean, we had, you know, Johnny drove three, four hours. Kenny and Ben came mm-hmm. from Madison two hours away. We had the Chicago land crew. I mean, so it brought a bunch of us together who only get to see each other every, every month, two months, three months, or you, Dave, only get to see them every three, four months. Yeah. Um, if that, <laughs> well, I mean this year, what I'm going to get, well, at least three tournaments again this year. Cause if, well, if invasion Kenosha does something new, but, I've got bits Adepticon and uh Wapaka. and Paca this year, so I'll get Ooh-wee. I'll get out. But uh yeah, and you know what, and I totally would have. I would have totally taken advantage of the situation. And as soon as I saw the list of who was playing, I'd have contacted people that I never ever played or never get to play oh, who don't live that. nearby. And I would just ask them, Hey, you want to play me the first game? Boom. I would call next Hey, you want to play me the second game? I got something lined up first game. I would have lined up all three of my games. Sure. Just to play people I never get to play because why wouldn't you do that? If people are coming from, you know, a few hours away, why? I, I just, yeah, it's it's such a cool idea. So, it's great. It's awesome. I really like it. It's I wish cool. I was there because <laughs> it's so great and awesome. Oh, God. All right. Listen. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with me? All right. I, I think anything Thanks else you want to cover, Grant? Guys. Anything else you want to chat about, Grant, or or you got to get to writing that paper? Not really. I'm looking forward to Screw City. And a, another thing too. So how awesome Alan is from um, from Rockheads. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to be talking a little bit about what I was planning for my superhero, but that I couldn't find something, and so I'm going to still leave it a secret for my for my my hero for. Uh, Screw City, and so he oh. said, Grant, I think I got you something. Give me your address. Uh, a couple days later, I, I didn't give him any money or anything. Something shows up in my mail. Well, that's perfectly, cool. perfectly helps me out. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. Oh, I can't wait to see it. That's, yeah. that's cool. That's really cool. That's awesome and cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grant. I totally think we need awesome. To, we need All to right, cut I'll you talk loose. to you guys later. All right, All right take it easy. Uh, have a great night. All right. Um, okay, and now that he hangs up, I totally have this little bit written here about it, which is, you know, people could say something like, we have that. It's called club night. Or we have something like that. It's a club challenge. We all get together, a bunch of guys, and play Warhammer, and we don't. it's not competitive or it's not a thing. We play a couple games a night. But I think that's really just totally not even close to the same. you got people coming from all sorts of areas. Well, and stuff like this that. is a little bit more organized, and it's a lot more people. Yeah. 20 guys is a lot considering, yeah. like I said, Grant only, what, about 60 weeks or something like that. Right. And it was pure volunteer basis in terms of your entry fee. There was a local pizza place that donated lunch. So we didn't, Grant didn't ask anyone to pay. You just felt, he just asked that you pay what you felt was a fair amount. Right. And so, yeah, and all that money, boom. And did, do you know how much, did, did he even say how much he raised? Or uh, I want to say $1,400 when it was all tallied up. I might be wrong, but somewhere in that neighborhood. <laughs> And here we are, painting models, playing toy soldiers, having a fantastic day out, and somebody who in need is getting helped mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there's no, like you said, it's it's the easy green light. Listen, we're helping out, we're helping out, you know, poor kids, or not poor kids. We're helping out, you know, whatever it's a legitimate the, cause, just, yeah, legitimate yeah, whatever cause. your charity is. We're sending we're sending food to starving people in China. Yeah. 
whatever it is. Wherever the country. Okay, I'll edit that out. That was terrible. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I don't know. But it, it's, it's for a worthy cause. It's cool and it's yeah. awesome. Who wanted to talk about it? Oh, that was me. <laughs> um, so, you know what, let's, uh, let's, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up the show. Sounds good. folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mirse miniatures at mirseminiatures.com their darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see and with the success of their recent kickstarter those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com, and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. All right, folks, I'm exhausted. That's episode 81 in the can. 81. Done. Yeah, done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed this. Chris and I just really wanted to sit around and just... Just talk and hammer. Yeah. Just like really keep it out of anything competitive and just talk about our hobby. Because mm-hmm. we haven't done it. I mean, we've literally spent two months, uh, the last three, covering Army books. Right. And it looks like... There could be another one on the horizon. Yeah, we got maybe one more episode before we're... It's exciting times, David Whitech, to be a Warhammer player. You know, it's so funny. I was just... I mean, there were two There were two nine-month gaps mm. between books. Start of Eighth and Orcs and Goblins. Mm. And then I think it was Empire to uh, Warriors of Chaos, I think it was. With Tomb King somewhere in there. No, no, no. I'm saying that the gap... Oh, I see. Okay. There was another nine-month gap where we got nothing because they were getting ready to put out 6th right. edition. And I just remember in those times getting pissed and complaining. And now it's like, damn. It's like we got it's like, no... like, oh, slow down. The stuff we got scheduled for our show keeps getting backburnered mm-hmm. because... Because we're just doing Army book reviews. Because we're doing Army book reviews. So it was nice to just be like, hey, just talk about our stuff. Yeah. Gaming so, and hobby. Good yeah. stuff. Um. Folks, leave us an iTunes review if you'd like. We, I, I, read, I, I read them, too. I love them. Thank you guys who have been doing so. Yeah. Thanks to Grant and Donovan for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Recommend the show to a friend. We always like to watch our numbers go up. We like to watch them go up faster. Um, join us on the forums, though. That's the part I always love to see. You know, we're coming up on 1,000 forum members. Yeah. I don't know how much of those are spam accounts. We don't get... Too many spam accounts because I kind of see what goes in, yeah. and because you have to say hi, because you have to introduce yourself first, <clears throat> that filters it out. That filters it out because either they don't know why they can't, mm-hmm. or they post some post lame a, thing about, or they post that first spam thing there, right? 
and then we just and everybody and we notice them and they get they get cut right there. So we I have think we're about eight hundred and sixty members right now. So yeah. I'd love to see more. You see some of these established forums, Heresy Online, and well, those have been around for years. Yeah, it's like we have twelve thousand members right. and currently seven hundred active. I'm like, crap. Ten, but they've been around ten years. We look and it's like the most online today, thirty eight. Most online ever, fifty eight. I'm like, ooh, I'd like to hit sixty one day. We have to make it a concerted, organized effort. All right, guys, everyone, log in at this time. Synchronize watches. Go. Well, it's, and it's for over a course of a day. Hmm. Everybody, everybody, log in on Saturday and at least post something. Right. Oh my God. Oh, just yeah, just to inflate my my ego because that would mean nothing. Well, you're building the community. It. Trying to build the build community. the community, man. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be back in a few weeks. Probably not with Dark Elf review yet. We'll need a chance to read the book, and prep music, and pick fluff bits and right, stuff. But we gotta, I'm really loving. We got to direct it. I'm loving the yeah. the, the uh, production value of the new. I am too. It's a lot of fun. Hammer reviews. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it is a lot I of hope, fun. I hope you guys are, are enjoying it because it's fun to put together. Yeah, we're we're having a good time with it. So, but uh, I'm gonna go cough up a lung and die. Chris, you got to go home and sleep and sleep. That's about it, folks. Take it easy. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. In a couple weeks. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forum at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. I asked the questions, and I just walked away and said, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm actually only asking because my wife collects, like, Barbie-type stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, she'll buy, like... Your wife. Yes. No, I, I'm... <laughs> yes, I'm faking. Outside of my Warhammer hey, it's crack cool. addiction... It's cool. I collect Twilight dolls. It's cool. No. Uh, my wife collects the Barbies, but not, like, just Barbie, but, like, she has the Barbie as Lucy, and, like, she buys the ones that are actually look like... Characters. How many does she have? Well, there's about 10 or 12 in, the, in her closet, and then there's all this stuff. She's got the Hunger Games and the Twilight ones and stuff. That Akira one is mine, but that's from McFarland Toys. But you well, buy these things, and they look like Bella and Edward and stuff, but they look a little off. She went and showed me on this website. They sell them, not the ones that Barbie makes, but there's another line that makes them that makes them that look pretty good. And then there's companies you can send them into that for like 150 bucks will like go in there and like cut shorten the neck a bit to make it the exact right length because they're always a little long in the neck. And then they will go in and repaint professionally all the makeup and all the stuff to make their faces look, I mean, like freaking exactly like the people in the movie. And she showed it to me oh. online, and I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing. We're not paying $200 for a paint job on that your doll. just like Roseanne Barr. <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. I'll do it for one ninety. You send them over. I'll give it for one ninety, just because just because I like you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I'm not kidding. I never. Who knew?
I know. And it's like, well, the dolls look close, but these people want ones that look exactly like the real thing, and they're willing to pay big money to guys, so, people who can professionally paint. So DonovanGuildPainting.com would be able to supply such a service? Yes. Can you make my Bella? Fi- I mean, my wife's Bella figure look exactly yeah, like your Bella. See, the secret comes oh, out. Oh, now I'm busted. It's the I medication. Took it the entire time. <laughs> oh, I'm busted. I don't judge. I don't judge. Yes, but <laughs> I know I'm going to be getting a text from Rhoda any minute now. 